You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. The only people for me are the mad ones. The world is filled with the boring and the barely conscious. The misery loves company. But we don't have to live this way. Jessica and I are here to talk to those the system rejects, to radicals and thought criminals. The ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing, but push the boundaries of acceptable discourse. Those who stare reality in the face and dare it to be different. History isn't made by the timid, and fun is not had by the perpetually afraid. We are the mad ones. So let's get to it. Welcome to the mad ones. I'm here. I have gotten pretty damn tired of Heinz ketchup lately. So I went on Amazon and I ordered some of Whataburger's finest regular and spicy ketchup host, Cam mm. Harless. And with me, as always, is the winds are shifting. It's getting colder. Prep the vegetables. Make some bone broth. Where are my lentils? <laughs> it's soup season, Miss <laughs> Jessica Green. Hello. I like that <laughs> intro. That's very good. <laughs> I, I was so scared. Hard. I was scared you were going to say that you ordered some cats up, at which no, no, point I'm... I would have quit the show. Yeah. So I'm relieved that you didn't. As is correct and right mm. and moral. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So how are you? How's, how's your good. week? It's been good. Yeah. Been doing a lot of studying and it's uh, the, there's a crisp in the air. The veil is getting thinner and you know, oh. so that gives us lots of interesting and spooky things to talk about forthcoming. Oh, I am yes. so stoked about the next month and the month after that. And tonight, I mean, we have a lot of fun stuff that's coming up fun. And some of it's very dark. Some of it's very deep. I mean, I'm I'm all in. Uh, but before we get started on this episode, I do think that everyone should check out Run Your Mouth Coffee, rymcoffee.com. Get some of the bourbon barrel roast coffee. It's so good. 10% off mm. if you use code the mad ones. Also, if you like beef jerky, there's some great beef jerky that you can also get 10% off if you use promo code mad ones. No the on this one at righteousfelon.com. So do that. Try some N- Nelson Mandela, get your meat on, and, and, and just enjoy your life. But one last person I want to thank before we get to our guest, which is uh, the guy who runs the MLGA network with me, Mr. Ryan Burgett of Technoagorist. Ryan. He, he today decided he was going to help keep the lights on, as it were, and made a very kind donation to, uh, well, really my personal life, but that I pay for all the things, so it's, it works. <laughs> <laughs> so thank Thanks, you, Ryan. Uncle Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's get to our guest. Uh, guests plural. Uh, Joining us tonight is a podcasting power couple in the making. You can call them seekers. You can call them deep thinkers. You can probably get away with calling them conspiracy theorists and they'd smile and nod. They're leaving the hellscapes that is California soon for the wild lands of Idaho to find some freedom. The hosts of the very soothing false reality check. Please welcome Buffalo Rambler and Legs. Oh, what an intro. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Wow. <laughs> Soothing, the huh? The inner Greg Carl right. just came out and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in it. <laughs> it is very soothing. I'm not going to yeah. lie. There's a, a ASMR effect. Mm. So, Which, yeah. we, you know, I wasn't intentionally going for the NPR, but it just ended up working out that, that way. So. <laughs> what was funny is Good. when I started podcasting, 
I did a lot of the kind of NPR feel mm. when I was talking. And mm. I, I'm not saying you're, you're doing this, but for me, <laughs> I, I'd listen to it and I'd go, wow, that doesn't sound like me. And so I actually spent time, you know, working that because it's a nervous tick almost for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so working that out and just being like, okay, you're just going to hear me. And so I'm very happy that I eventually did that because, you know, <laughs> I like to think my soothing voice doesn't sound like uh, I'm going to be selling sweaty balls in the next. <laughs> that is a segment. great classic bit. If you are too young to know what sweaty balls are, please go on YouTube and Google <laughs> SNL sweaty balls and your life will forever be enriched. Um, but I want to ask you guys, you're fleeing California. Why? What do you what do you what do you do with that for? What could possibly possess a person <laughs> to want to flee the wonderful state of California? Yeah, I mean, we have the best governor in the world. Oh, right? it's wonderful. <laughs> wonderful governing bodies here. Um, love the people here. Love the trash, Most of you them. know. Um, the, yeah, the mass trash lately has been phenomenal. How's the poop it. in the streets? Do you feel like you're in India? It's, a, it's about <laughs> the same. It's not quite India. It's it's not quite Frisco yet, but it's getting there. Yeah. I have yeah. heard. The fact that you I have can't... to qualify it as not quite <laughs> India kind of tells you something. Sorry, Cam, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, <laughs> I haven't verified this information, but I have been told that there are designated shitting streets in India. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that's amazing to me that they have streets set aside for you to poop on. San Francisco too. It's called everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so it is quite India actually. Yeah. So um, when my friend uh, and she's a podcaster as well, Brit, she does the freckles and Brit show. Um, she was moving to my state and she said, um, what do I expect there? Is it going to be at all like California? Is there going to be poo in the streets? And I said, no, nothing like that, but you might find chicken bones. And she thought I was kidding about that. And the very first day that she arrived here, she sent me a picture, she texted me, of a chicken bone just lying on the sidewalk. And she goes, I thought you were kidding about this. And I said, no, you will find a trail leading along the path that that person had walked as they ate their chicken and threw the bones out to the side because we don't have poo in our streets, but we definitely have errant chicken bones just randomly around. So yeah, you know, <laughs> what you is take that? the good with the bad. I don't know. I think it's a cultural <laughs> thing. Like, For a you know, second, acid. I thought chickens were falling apart. I, I didn't <laughs> no. get that they were eating the chicken. I was but like, oh, do the, the chickens chicken just fall apart? It's a heavy it's Santeria area. <laughs> yeah, well, there is, you know, so... In the Chattahoochee River lately, they have been turning up with headless goats that uh, have or been just floating goat heads. down the river. Or just goat heads, you know. Yeah. So there is some Santeria and some hoodoo voodoo some stuff that's going on around here. Oh. Um, but yeah, the chicken bones are just from people who like wings. And there's a thing about throw just throwing them to the side. I don't know if they think, okay, these will just return to nature or what. But yeah, you, you know you've reached Atlanta when you start seeing the completely clean chicken bone lying on the sidewalk. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, at least they're eating yeah. all the chicken. Yeah, right. nothing's going to waste. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> you use all of the chicken wing and wonder, then, you know. I wonder if the stray dogs, they're happy with all the bones yeah. lying around. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, um, they don't leave a lot of chicken on the bone for the stray dogs. So I'm sure they would have some complaints about that. But <laughs> So I am curious because I, I 
I haven't gotten through the full episode just yet. I tried to listen to your episode on Flat Earth with with David Weiss. Oh yeah. Today, as as I was um, working, which became very hard because it was a very mind intensive task. So I had to pause it, and then I'll I'll finish. But uh, that is something that Jessica and I have been talking about talking about with someone because it it, it I've never <clears throat> been a flat earther. My my wife has recently been uh, getting a lot of TikToks about it, and so she's mm. been talking to me about it somewhat lately. And I just, I'm curious. And so I need, I, I like you guys. I trust you guys. You're very nice. And you're not a drunk woman yelling about flat earth. So, because Jessica, Jessica can attest, she had a, a, a drunk woman yelling at her husband. Two, about two. They were a pair. They were tag teaming it. They, uh, yeah, so I was hanging out with some people who were very inebriated. And my husband is a physicist. Okay. And these two very drunk Southern women we're tag teaming him, trying to convince him of flat earth. And I just don't feel like they were doing the argument justice. And his, <laughs> his frustration was palpable, which was very entertaining for me. But I told Cam, I'd really like to hear about this from someone who actually knows what they're talking about. Or, you know, at least can offer something that's not coming out in like slurring speed <laughs> you know <laughs> and so no no pressure we're not saying hey be the experts on this right now yeah. but i'm curious about you know what you've learned what you think about it and kind of the basics because I, it, it like i said every time i've run into something it's been hicks for some mm -hmm. reason and you're not hicks so i want to hear i want to hear your minds <laughs> Not yet, well, partner. I mean, you don't see us. You don't see us after hours, yeah. so you don't know. I put my cup in. <laughs> no, it's it's such a fascinating thing because I have like a huge science background. So to dismantle all of that, this world, like this is a globe, crust mantle core. You know, it's it's a little, it's a little difficult for me. But some of the points that um, David make and other flat earthers make just they make you think and they do make sense. Like one of one of the points that um, kind of draws me to thinking we're on some kind of plane is think of how fast we're spinning. You know, the earth, how fast is the earth spinning right now? I don't know that Six, number. It's a thousand miles an hour at the equator. Okay. And we we're supposed to have a moon rotating around us that's mm -hmm. going so, so fast, you know? And at the same time, there's all these planets that are like rotating. It's just, at the speed we're going and what they tell us is going on, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I know I didn't explain that right. Maybe you can explain well, it a little bit better. Well, it's kind of like we're, to, we're told all these things, right? But how, how can we really prove these things? Yes. And yes. That's, that's, the whole, that's the whole thing. I mean, to believe in the globe model, you have to believe literally we're spinning a thousand miles an hour around a sun. You know, that's also we're probably going an orbit 66,000 miles per hour. I think that's the number that they say. And we're at a distance of get this when i was younger the distance was different yeah when we were we used to be like i don't know 50 million miles now it's like 100 million miles or close to 100 from, so from they've, the sun. they've revised the distance even for the moon and mm -hmm. for the sun if these numbers can be revised so much and they didn't mm -hmm. get it right in the first place they need to prove that they're proving this for once and for all and it just doesn't prove to me the other thing too is we did talk to Dave. He's he's really good, and he's probably the most like well spoken on it in terms of just getting the message out there. But I've listened to people 
that don't consider themselves flat earthers, but they consider themselves as definitely not globe earthers, I guess you could say. Okay. Uh, okay. Crow seven seven seven. He's a really good source, and he he watches the sky. Like he literally records the moon. He's the one who exposed the um the lunar wave. Have you guys heard of the lunar wave? No. So he records the moon for hours and hours on end. And he's noticed that at least during the equinoxes and possibly the solstices, a wave ripples across the moon, like like a water on a pond. And you can capture that. And it's not an artifact. It's not a digital artifact as you see it with your eye. And then he captures it in digital as well. So things like that make me uh, believe more in the, I guess, the old ways of growing up where the world was made for us. We were here for this mm -hmm. world and you know it's it's spiritual and i'm perfectly fine with believing that i don't know if it's a globe i don't know if it's flat i just know it's not what they tell us that's that's what i believe yeah and the pilots i guess there's oh, yeah. stories about pilots too that in order uh, there's been situations where they've had to make emergency landings you know and you look mm -hmm. at a map and you're like okay if you're going from california to what japan mm -hmm. or something um you'd think, oh, make an emergency landing in Hawaii, you know? Mm -hmm. But these, you, lo you look at the path that these pilots took to make these emergency landings and they went to Alaska. Yeah, which looks like it's out of the way if you look at our globe map. But if you look at the flat earth projection map, it's actually just a straight line. And other flights like prove that beyond a doubt that there's something going on. Like you can't fly across um, Antarctica, like, the, the fastest trip between like the bottom of South America to Australia would be across Antarctica. You can't mm -hmm. go across it. There's like a treaty that's in place till like 2041 and no one's allowed to question it. It goes, he goes like further into like Operation High Jump and things that happened right after World War II where we, we literally took ships out to Antarctica and found like warm climate land. There were, there were planes that observed this kind of stuff and stuff was reported back. And all this stuff's just been glossed over throughout history. So I think um, there's just there's more to meets the eye. I, I wouldn't consider myself a globe model person, but I also wouldn't put myself in the box of flat earth. I think something's going on and we don't know. That's basically it. So, so if I can ask, what is the, if you're not flat earth, but you're not globe model, there's some middle ground there. What, what is that? What would that be thought of? as like are we talking like there's a dome shape with a flat bottom like what are we what are we thinking about here i don't know i'm i'm thinking that we're more in like uh i like that golf ball yeah model where we're just in like a divot and we're hmm. surrounded by supposedly an ice wall but outside beyond that ice wall there's, there's other, other divots yeah. and other lands um i like that i kind of like that model yeah i i personally i don't know if there's like a dome I personally don't believe we actually ever go like into space. The Van Allen belt, it's really hard to cross. For some reason, we were able to cross and bring footage out of it, which if you put footage through an x-ray machine at the airport, you know that, you know, film just corrupts and doesn't yeah. work. So yeah. how, did, how did we at that time have the technology to protect that film to go to the moon and come back? I don't think we ever went to the moon. I don't think we ever went to space. I feel like whatever's out there, the moon, the sun, the stars, God put those there. I don't know what they are. I don't know if they're a million light years away or if they're literally at the top of this quote unquote dome or whatever, the firmament or whatever God yeah. says in Genesis. You know? And yeah, the firmament is actually mentioned in Genesis. 
So yeah, it could okay. be, a thing, be a thing. Yeah. So go ahead, Kim. Sorry. No, I was just, I was just, no, I was just going to say that um, I haven't backed off of the globe model. I don't, I've, because for me, I'm not really sure of the point in that in particular, um, because I kind of reject like everything else already that the official narrative is on for the most yeah. part. Like there's some stuff that, so that, that I don't see it as super important to me in that way. But, um, you know, my malice talks about how, um, you know, you take the red pill, but don't take the whole bottle. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm just curious, do you think that the flat earth is the whole bottle? Where do you think the whole bottle begins? <laughs> I'm just curious. I, Cause it's like, there's some, there's some weird stuff that goes on yeah. that, I, that I'm just like, okay, so that I, I can't justify in this way. Um, like I said, I haven't looked into whether or not the earth is a globe. We're just taking <laughs> that for granted. Um, but where do you, where would you put the, the full bottle? I I don't think it's a red pill. I mean, it is a red pill to kind of consider it, right? But I, mm -hmm. I think that it's actually a bottle of white pills because to me, in the globe model, we're insignificant. Mm. We mean nothing. We're pond scum on the grand scheme of the universe. With yeah. the plane or flat model, we're everything. We're the reason for God's creation. To me, it, it makes a bigger impact and it places more importance on the fact that we were put here for a reason. And that reason was to either take care and steward the land and provide for those we love and care for those we love. I personally believe the reason we're here is to discover uh, love, true love, and to be able to give and receive it. And I think that's why we were here. Um, it, it places the importance back on stuff that I would hear, like going to church, which not to say the church is for everybody. And I, I actually don't go to church myself, but I, I always found comfort in in the fact that there was somebody out there for us all. And not to say that the globe model can't have that too, but yeah. it, it was a method to deceive us from the start to put the focus away from, you know, our <laughs> spirit roots or, or where we come from spiritually and, and, you know, religiously and to take mm -hmm. it back and make us insignificant, which we are not, we're not insignificant at all. Yeah. Oh, so absolutely. I like a lot of what I like a <laughs> yeah. lot of what you're saying right there about the way that science has kind of robbed us of um, that connection to our spiritual being. And um, I also like the idea that just because something is quote settled science doesn't mean that you're not allowed to question it. So even if I have a hard time disengaging from the globe model, which I do for various reasons, because it's like, why would every other observable object in space be a sphere? Like they're like right. things form spherically because of gravitation. We see that like in smaller scales on the planet, like on our, you know, on our level down here, even down to the way that like mushrooms or trees or bubbles in water mm -hmm. form mm -hmm. because of the way that gravity has a pull on them. So it makes sense for me for objects, very large objects in space to have a spherical shape. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what maybe keeps me from disengaging from the idea of a globe model models. Cause when we do look out, we, I can point my own telescope sitting on the ground into space and see the planet Saturn. I see it with its rings. I see that it's round. Like I, I've, I've looked at the moon, you can see the, the contour of it in a telescope. So those are just things that I've personally observed. 
However, um, that doesn't mean that it's not possible that what that I'm influenced by what I'm told is true. Mm-hmm. And that um, my observations then are changed because Jordan Peterson talks a little bit about this, how once we've reached a certain age, we develop sort of a visual picture of the world around us. So as mm-hmm. we're passing through our environment, we've kind of got it into our heads what trees look like, what houses look like. And so we don't actually observe everything as we pass through it. So you're driving a car, you pass by houses and trees, you don't actually observe them. You partially create them in your mind. And I think there's truth to that. So your explanation of flat earth does give me something to think about in that regard. How much of what I observe in my telescope in my front yard is influenced by what I'm told is true. And I think that is an important question. Yeah. Yeah. If you, there's footage out there of stars using a camera that's like super zoomed in. Not a camera. It's a a, A lens, a Nikon like actual camera that's attached to a pro- very professional, you know, um, I guess you call it telescope, right? Yeah. 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 I think so. Um, and if you look at that footage, the stars, they just geometric patterns, like sa- um, sacred geometric, sacred patterns. geometric patterns are just forming in the, um, in the light, in the twinkle. Yeah. And then planets, I don't know some planets do the same. Yeah. So, um, so Mars, when you look at it through like an, an infrared, it does the same thing in red. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so that twinkle alone, like that geometric pattern, you know, we're told that we see, and I've seen, you know, Jupiter and its moons through a telescope. Yeah. I've seen the moon yeah. through a telescope. I took astronomy in college and and I've observed all these things too, but is it that I'm observing it because I was taught this is how it is? Or is right. it that I'm really observing it for the first time <clears throat> uninfluenced? And I think like, we, we just need to take a step back and just, mm-hmm take a look again and and give it a chance and i did and I, to me it's there's more evidence that we're on some sort of plane or like you know like a golf ball dimple like you said yeah yeah, yeah. so w- one of the things that my husband brings up during this discussion is um satellites and mm. that they do work on an orbital scale and that see i'm not a physicist so i'm going to muck this up while i'm trying to explain it but the there is a band of satellites that kind of uh, goes around the equator. Mm-hmm. And we're able to have all of this sort of like technology that's based off of these satellites because they are in orbit. orbit, And that if you fire something at enough speed at the right angle, it will catch orbit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, our surface has to be curved for that to be possible. Mm-hmm. So um, that's also something that, prevents me maybe from disentangling from globe theory, which is that we do have this satellite technology. It does work. Like, um, yeah. there's we also, see you know, up. We, and I, we also see satellites crossing the night sky. Are those they, satellites? Uh, well, you know, I mean, from... They're, they're lights. They are lights. They're moving at, at extremely fast speed. Yeah. Like, comments I don't know if you... Yeah, comments, comments also. Comments, yeah. So and we so, have to consider those things, right? They're different. Right, right. That's and when you see a satellite versus a comet, you can tell the difference between them. They're very yeah. different oh, yeah. types of objects. Yeah. Right. So I, it's just the predictability of, you know, the, I'm going to mispronounce it, like the Leonides, the, like the comets oh. that every like July or August or something like that, 
yes. we pass through the belt of these comets or not comets um uh, you know just like Asperance. rocks in space yeah and Meteor, they, hit, they right. hit our atmosphere i'm not the physicist <laughs> i wish my husband takes care of the physics for our relationship okay <laughs> <laughs> but i've watched that um phenomenon i've watched it and thought gosh you know we really are traveling you know are our, our, we are an object traveling through space and they're like clearly like running into us and so i don't yeah. know and it's it, i i think there's validity to what you're saying in the idea that we observe things based on what we're told especially as children our ideas are formed very early on about what the structures of the world around us are and the fact that those structures are reliable is what keeps us from like insanity <laughs> like if you if your world was not stable if it didn't have gravity if the sun didn't always rise in the east it would be very difficult to function i think True. but um having that stability and, and acknowledging that there's a stability in nature doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. prove that what the theory is correct meaning mm -hmm. um for example with the aztecs and mm -hmm. they were masters of time they knew exactly when the eclipses and you know shadows would cross over the sun they used this to influence their religion of sacrifice and sacrificing mm -hmm. slaves and all kinds of other peoples this is why a lot of other tribes yeah. in mexico hated the aztecs um, yeah. they use this to their advantage but just knowing that an object is going to move in front of another does that conclude that what it is is what you think it is or do you have to observe it and do measurements and all kinds of stuff like that i i believe sure. that yeah the definitely uh, the whole like meteorite thing, I didn't even think about asking Dave that question, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I totally would ask him that question. But the satellite thing, he does talk to us about it. So he he, he just, mentions it a little bit. That That's um, from what I've observed of flat earth arguments, that seems to be a major sticking point yeah. of the argument is the satellite thing. So um, yeah, I would be interested. I would love to see my husband, who's a physicist, talk to someone like Dave so that they could kind of like smash the brain pans together and and see what they could come up with. <laughs> but yeah, uh, unfortunately, I'm 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 talking from a layman's perspective, so I don't have like, you know. Here. <laughs> I think but what I value is the question, though. I think being open to the question is not something to frown upon, as long as you like, you know, not pushy about it. You guys aren't pushy. I've never known you to be pushy, so. <laughs> It's fun no. to think about these random things. Yeah, it's yes. always good. It's healthy to question things because we all know science is not settled. That's like the term, science isn't settled. Um, it isn't. And we have to constantly just question everything in this reality that we're in. I mean, if the events from the past two years haven't gotten you questioning things now, then I, I just don't know. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> questioning things is healthy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're on mute, Cam. I see you talking. <laughs> I said one of the one of the points that I can absolutely agree on is the uh, skepticism towards science, because you have people like Neil deGrasse Tyson out there who are pompous jackasses who are trying to make make you feel like an idiot and make you feel worthless while mm -hmm. giving you some tiny speckles of hope that you're made out of stardust. <laughs> and and then you've got you've got you know people like <clears throat> Charles Darwin who one of his primary thrusts was he didn't like God and wanted to to postulate a theory mm -hmm. that didn't need God to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And so he was also Darwinism an unrepentant racist. Just 
You know, they value Darwin so much, but he was an unrepentant racist, like a gross one. Just thought I'd put that on the table. Well, and, and, and that's, that's been, so it's, it's like the, one of the questions that comes up a lot when it comes to Christianity in particular is there's this idea that faith and science, which if you properly define science, it's a tool to understand the world around you. It's man's mm -hmm. best guess at what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, that they always say there's some fight between faith and reason. And I have never seen this battle. I've never been like, oh, well, I can observe this. I can see this. This experiment works. Oh, no, I, I can't have faith anymore. In fact, it does the opposite. If you look into Romans 1, it talks about how the creation screams of the glory of God. You can't, mm -hmm. you can't live yes. on the planet without noticing God. Yes. And so I understand that skepticism very deeply. And I also, like, I have spent some time looking into Genesis 1 and 2 mm -hmm. and th this, this, this writing that's very fascinating writing because a lot of people want to either make it completely allegorical mm -hmm. or they want to make it um, a science book. And so uh, mm. I, personally, I would say that if you're talking about how everything was created, I lean towards, I, I view God as an artist. Mm -hmm. And so I lean towards God creating a mature earth. And so I don't, I don't have any issue with him doing that in a second. If he could create a man, a full grown man in Adam in a second, why couldn't he create a fully mature earth? I don't, I don't mm -hmm. see the, the issue here. Um, but one of the things that I think a lot of people don't realize is that Genesis and the Pentateuch as a whole is a narrative. Mm -hmm. It's a meta narrative that leads to Christ eventually. Mm -hmm. So this entire book, especially Genesis, it's introducing you to God. And it's also a very um, oppositional creation account, because if you mm -hmm. look at the other creation accounts of the day, I mean, look in uh, Nor Norse creation accounts, for example. That's one I happen to know the most about outside of my own creation account, <laughs> um, which, you know, uh, Odin's father was a giant who was licked out of an ice block by a cow. Mm -hmm. And then oh, he had his son, Odin, uh, his father, <laughs> Odin his, and his two brothers killed the giant. And then the the Earth's dome was created out of the giant's skull, and the the water was created out of the blood. Mm -hmm. It was a very violent image. Wow. There was a lot of violence and Vikings creation came. Yeah, <laughs> right. But it's yeah. it's something that happened a lot throughout all different creation stories, especially mm -hmm. Semitic ones. Yeah. And so you look into Judaism, Christianity. And you have this creator God who speaks into existence instead of using violence to bring yes. life, yes. instead of using violence to create beauty and wonder. And so when I'm looking at Genesis, even though I, I think that there are a lot of very solid things to draw out of it in the how, Genesis 1 is about the who. Mm -hmm. It's about who created this, who did this, who set this into motion, how is he spoke it? Yes, I believe that. But it is about the the guy who did it. It's not a science book. And so when it comes to flat earth or other models that kind of reject uh, evolution, I don't really care for evolution that much personally. 
But um, <laughs> when I see these these things that kind of reject these different things, I, I ha I'm hearkened back to the idea that when we read the Bible, we have to read it with a certain context. Mm -hmm. We have to know who it was written to, why it was written, and what they would understand. And so speaking about the who to a people who didn't understand any science, mm -hmm. and so they thought it was affirmant, they thought it had pillars, they thought it had all of these things, is not in... Um, it's not in it's not in friction with the reality because it's not mm -hmm. about the how. Mm -hmm. It's about the who and mm -hmm. the what. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to flat earth, I the reason I don't put too much thought and space into it is because first, the things that you're talking about, the significance of humanity, the significance of God and who he is and what he did and what we mean to him and what our job is mm -hmm. as humans, I'm there, man. I'm 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 with you. So I don't need these other things to make it kind of, I'm yeah. not saying you do, but I don't need it to be something else physically for me to feel more significant because I've been told that I'm significant mm -hmm. and I trust him. Does that make I sense? Yes, hundred percent. I love that. Yeah. And I also see this like flat earth, globe earth as just another thing to divide us and take us yeah. away from that thought. It's and I also think I, I've said this to Monica before is that regardless of what you think about flat earth mm -hmm. i think that it's been used the theory itself and people who believe in it as a means to denigrate people who question other things mm. yeah i so, think that's true yeah. so it's 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 really not something that i'm interested in grasping onto myself at this moment because i have my answers and I, you know, yeah. I think they're in the first, the first chapter, their first chapter of Genesis to the last chapter of Revelation. But I just, I, I feel like there's a great danger when mm. you are espousing flat Earth that makes you out to be someone who no one else can listen to. Mm -hmm. And so, when it comes to what I'm talking about, what I'm teaching, I'm not really a teacher, but what I'm saying, what I'm sharing, I really feel like the mission that I have is a little bit more important to me because my 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 mission is is Christ and Christ crucified and I know this is this got very Christian you're I'm sorry you're welcome whatever um <laughs> I'm okay with that <laughs> but that's that's my mission because I I truly believe that we were thoughtfully created and artfully created yeah and that it's not just oh well there's some intelligence that created us it was a, an emotional intelligence mm -hmm. it was a spiritual intelligence it was all of these things and so there's my shtick but i'm just like I, I i just i guess that's why i'm like i don't understand why it's a big piece of discussion for some people and that's why i wanted to ask you because i want to understand and i know that i'm very stuck in my ways and i know that i've done a lot of my own <laughs> study and my thoughts but I, it, it, I really loved when you were talking about that, that you were talking about the significance of humanity because that is something that's often lost. Like I, mm. I bristle when I hear someone call human beings animals. Mm. <laughs> I bristle. And it's, it's not because we don't have the, we're not made of the same stuff or whatever. It's just most of the time when I'm hearing people say that it's to demean humanity. Yeah. And I don't have time for that in my life. <laughs> I, got, I mean, I got to be honest, I'm having, I, I have cognitive dissonance right now, a difficulty. And Legs, you were saying, uh, 
I just sorry. I think it's funny calling you legs. Uh, <laughs> Lex, so Le Lex was saying the legs was saying uh, <laughs> that you come from a scientific background and you had difficulty sort of disentangling yourself from these ideas. Can you speak a little more to that and what sort of pushed you through or what got you, you know, past the cog? Because I feel like painful cognitive dissonance in this moment listening to this because I come from a scientific background. I was a biology major. I'm married to a physicist. It's very, very, um, <laughs> science has been very important to me, but I yeah. agree with what you guys are saying. I do think it denigrates the human being. I think that there is even agenda in the denigration yeah. of the human being mm -hmm. here. So could you speak to me or to people like me on that level mm -hmm. of, I'm willing to listen to you, but I'm not sure how to get into that water. <laughs> Yeah, so, oh man, how do I word this? Um, I guess what, what launched me into questioning science and the indoctrination that I received in public school and college was my first mushroom trip. Um, mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. it opened my eyes to a world that we can't see just sober, I guess. Um, right. It opened my eyes to that there's energy all around us. Um, there is a God, um, or source, whatever you want to call it, but God, um, that little push started me on this quest to just question science and what's being told to us in school. Um, I'm not saying everyone go take mushrooms. If you really want to go for it, but it's, it's very it's enjoyable not, experience. It is. <laughs> Yeah, I use it more as like a thera therapeutic experience, mm -hmm. um, not so much like fun. It is fun, but um, mm -hmm. it's good therapy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's really hard. Just what we receive in school, what we go through in public school, it's just so ingrained in us. Um, mm -hmm. This is how it is. I was I remember getting a textbook first day of school, being so excited to flip through it, being like, "This is it. This is these are the facts," you know. Um, right. And that's what we're that's what we're told. I'm like this textbook. This is the history. This is how science goes. Um, follow follow exactly what's in the book, I guess. But so just going through that my whole life and having to break that was very difficult. But yeah. mushrooms definitely got me there. <laughs> so maybe it takes some type of just mind altering experience or life and death experience um to change your perspective i know that people have if if you're not interested in taking psychedelics or um risking your life to the point where you have a spiritual experience people um use fasting for that kind of thing as yes, well yes so there are ways to attain these experiences without using drugs which i know some people are just like steadfastly against but the the vikings used to call taking mushrooms walking with the gods it was yeah. the the fruit that the gods gave us so that we could see the world as it really was. Exactly. And in um, Native American cultures, they used peyote, they call it medicine, mm -hmm. very much the same purpose to connect you to the gods. And so because of the sort of, um, I would almost say a Puritan strain in our culture, we've gotten away from the idea that we can have spiritual experiences mm -hmm. through the use of these substances. And I'm not telling your kids to go do drugs or anything <laughs> like that, you know, be a fully sound mind adult in a safe atmosphere. 
But my experience was with mushrooms, although I was doing them recreationally, I was at a reggae festival. Mm. And when I did mushrooms, I remember having an incredibly cathartic, incredibly, mm. what I can only term as spiritual experience, where I was laying on the ground, digging my fingers mm. down into the earth. And I remember somebody asked me, what are you doing? And I was like, I am communing with my mother. And I was just like, what do you mean? What am I doing? Like, isn't this completely normal that I should be digging my fingers down into the earth and communing with my mother? <laughs> like, um, So yeah, I think that's, that's interesting that you brought that up because it does change your perspective. You don't walk away from a psychedelic experience the same person that you were before when you went in. Um, 100%. I, I would and, imagine that's hard to happen that, that way. Go ahead. And I was just going to say, I do blame the Puritans for an awful lot. Um, I think that really within the last 100, 200 years, I don't know how long ago Darwin was, 200, 300 years ago. 200? Um, 1860-ish okay. is when yeah. he was doing his work. Is that, it, it was that close. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So like mm -hmm. buck mm -hmm. 50. It's a um, recent theory. <laughs> but what's, you, you, you mix the secularization of science, which previous to the secularization of science, it was a very Christian thing you know like they, they act like the the church was stamping down science <clears throat> history but scientists came out of the church that yes. like i mean even even there wasn't even in uh the muslim world there was the i forget what they call it the, the islamic golden age there was science when, and math that was coming up out of that when europe was in the dark ages it was the muslims who were tending the light of science and knowledge all yeah. through that era and the Vatican now has one of the most advanced uh, astrophysics departments on the planet is at the Vatican. Mm -hmm. So when people are like, oh, religious people, they don't believe in science. I'm like, what are you talking about? Churchmen <laughs> were the scientists. Sorry, go but, ahead. That's, so a, between, that's a bugaboo of mine, but yeah. <laughs> between the, um, the, so when it comes to Christianity and science, uh, which we're gonna have a uh, nuclear scientist Doc, a doctor of nuclear science on the show in November nice. who's a Christian. So that'll be fascinating. Oh, um, but the, um, the secularization of science and when you mix that with the Puritans and the cessationism mm -hmm. of a lot of Christian um, denominations, you know, people who mm -hmm. don't believe God moves anymore, mm -hmm. you are led to this place where you, you know, you would have to at some point, use mushrooms. I never had to because I believe God's real and active and I've talked, you know, I talked to him a lot. You know, I've, I've spent a lot of time trying my best to reach to him, reach out to him, you know, meditating by reading scripture, all of this. And so I think it's, they did studies. I can't, I can't cite them, but they did a study on people's use of mushrooms and their experience versus people who had been in like biblical meditation and in mm -hmm. Christian ecstatic experiences. And the, the brain was doing the same thing, but mm -hmm. it was come. But when I see that, I go, well, one of these, I would say is coming straight from the source and it's not opening up doors to other things mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So, I mean, I, I, I get a little worried about the, about the mushrooms and these things just because like, I, you know, I've got a very much focus because <laughs> I don't want the, I don't want the, the elves to, to chop down the door and murder me. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. I think intention plays a big part in going through your spiritual journey. If, you're, if you choose to take mushrooms, um, 
intention is everything. You know, if you go in with some negative attitude and trying to invite evil in, then yeah, it'll find you. Um, mm -hmm. But that's so interesting that the brain was doing the same thing, reading the Bible, meditating versus yeah. taking mushrooms. That's, And I think that's just a sign of both those methods allow you to connect to God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everyone, I, I, no, I was just oh. saying my only, the only thing that I would say is I think that if you can get into that place where you're seeking God and doing it that way and using fasting and prayer and stuff like that, I heavily recommend doing that over the other simply because if you believe that there are spiritual beings out there that are dark and deceptive, Mm -hmm. You, regardless of your experience, whether you feel it's good or not, it might not be. It could right. be deceptive. So it's just like that's why I'm like, I'll be, I'll be careful here. It's it that worries me <laughs> because there we'll, we'll talk about it with our friend Ryan, who's been in the comments, and Cody Cook. Um, middle of next month, we're going to be talking about the uh, sons of God and mm -hmm. the interdimensional beings and that nice. sort of thing. I'm very excited about that. Nice. <laughs> nice. Because all of those those gods, the Norse gods, I they had uh, I'll just say demonic to make it easy, demonic analogs. Oh yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah, I believe that hundred percent. That makes so. sense. What is what is that? Can you clue me in? How do you mean? Uh, I mean that well, they the stories came from uh, spiritual beings, and that these were they talk about the Nephilim, who were the great warriors and great men of old which are the the mixture between the sons of God and the the daughters of men. Mm -hmm. um, but you've got this um, you got this class of spiritual beings who put themselves up as God gods over these specific regions. And mm -hmm. I think that that Thor, that's why I don't have that's why I have a Marvel tattoo and not a Norse styled Mjolnir tattoo is because mm -hmm. that's an actual worship item to a Oh. real spiritual being mm. right but i feel like since we're talking about norse gods we should bring one in and ask him his opinion so um <laughs> joining us right now uh, we have uh loki son oh, of lafai is that <laughs> what oh my god yeah that's right loki of asgard i'm here with uh glorious oh boring disney plus show but you guys have been talking a lot about my area of expertise and People are animals, Cam. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> they're wild animals, and they're meant to be tamed, and I'm meant to tame them. <laughs> and you can wow. become them. Do what? I said, and you you can become them. I can become a wild animal. <laughs> I don't know what you've been reading. <laughs> so, so what's funny about the Disney show so is many like things are happening right now. <laughs> See, it was a really serious conversation, so I thought I would come right in here and just really make it refined. Yeah, but I want to tell you. So I was watching your show, and you fell asleep because I fell asleep. But you kind of came out as bisexual, and people are like, "Hey." Oh, Loki's bisexual. They got to do Look, the diversity thing. And I'm like, no, no. Let me tell you what happened in North. I'm mythology. gay for myself, Thor. Okay. I'm gay for myself. <laughs> but the most, one of the, the, one of the most fascinating <laughs> stories out of Norse mythology is the oh fact my God. that at one point there were some issues going on between the Aesir and a giant. And uh, this, they, the horse was helping this guy build a wall and there was a whole gamble on it. 
And so Loki had to help get the horse away. So the gods didn't lose too much. Um, some of their uh, some some of their things and stuff. So um, Loki became a female horse to draw away this horse. Yeah, and it was a trick. That, yeah, that horse banged Loki horse, and Loki what? became a mother. Well, you know. That's just uh, what a trickster god does is you sometimes you can be gender fluid. And that's very progressive right now. And I'm offended that you are trying to persecute me because of my gender fluidity. I don't I'm not ashamed of that. OK, that just means that I chose at that time to identify as something else physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually. And I gave birth out of my womb. Yeah. So you so chose to have a, a horse vagina. <laughs> Yeah, and I recommend it's, anybody doing that who has the capability to. It's an extraordinary experience. <laughs> wow. Oh my and the, the, the wonderful <laughs> thing, the wonderful thing is that that once you gave birth to that horse, it had eight legs and was faster than all the other horses. Yes, so it was. Odin started started riding him. Uh, yes, not my sexually. father, my adopted father. Yeah, not actually, <laughs> that'd be weird. Okay, let's not get weird. So you got like some stepdad, stepdad anger going on toward him, is well, what I'm he sensing. He never really loved me like he loved my brother Thor, who was, uh, you know, pretty good looking, strong guy. Looks kind of like, looks kind of like like Cam over here a little bit. I'm a little suspicious. It's painful. It's a painful <laughs> thing that you had to go yes. through. Well, I'm adopted, you know, and my parents abandoned me, and then I got adopted by a king who didn't really care about me, and. You know, I'm kind of morally corrupt. Sometimes I'm good. Sometimes I'm bad. But you never know if I'm tricking you or not. Yeah. I like how you're also on the bridge of. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like he... I stole this from a bunch of assholes. <laughs> that were on a five-year mission. The bridge of the, the USS Enterprise. Yeah. The NTC-17. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, this guy with these pointy ears thought he could take me on. But he's he's uh, a little bitch. He's no all. longer with us. Yeah. Needless to say, that guy is very paralyzed now. <laughs> yes, he, he's not moved. about that. What I love is that anybody who's going to be listening to this on audio has no <laughs> idea that Brad just dropped in with a full-on Loki costume. Just dropped into the middle of the thread. You know, what, what I really would have loved, thank you, about this this helmet is for anybody in the reviews on the amazon thing to say that it's incredibly uncomfortable and then when you <laughs> you have a giant mark in the middle of your forehead for like a day so i would have appreciated that in these amazon comments but i do like it so i can even is make it, myself disappear like loki is it adhered with a suction cup in the middle <laughs> no, it's, yeah it's got it should be they have what they have they have like a little piece of foam to try and make uh -huh. it you know be soft but the foam isn't thick enough so it's not even touching your head just the plastic is touching your head <laughs> and the foam is just there so it's like basically like every halloween mask we ever had as kids where exactly, like the plastic yeah. I, would like cut into your face and the rubber band yeah, was holding exactly it on. Yeah. what it is i think you nailed it oh my gosh where did i go oh whoa. Magic. you trickster whoa. you trickster yeah. So many crazy lady <laughs> for anyone listening who didn't pick up on it. Brad Binkley from the propaganda report has joined us midstream. Uh, I decided that should be a midstream. <laughs> Pretty awesome. I like how you said midstream. I was That's enjoying y'all's conversation before I came in, by the way. It was it was fascinating. I'm sorry I came in and mucked it up quite a bit, but I was really enjoying what y'all were talking about. A lot of, lot of pee jokes and muck jokes today. 
by the way, I heard what you said about chicken bones, Jessica, and you're absolutely right. There are chicken bones <laughs> everywhere on the streets of Atlanta. He knows. He's from here. He knows. Yeah. Uh, do you know why that is? I, I don't. Ever since I've been born, it's just been that way. So I guess that's one of those things you never question. And every time I eat chicken, I, I, there could be a trash can next to me, but I will go find the city street and dump all the bones out on it. As you should. That's the thing is, if you've come from Atlanta, you don't know that there's not just chicken bones everywhere on the ground. So we go to other cities. It's kind of a surprise that there aren't. And so, yeah. yeah. I started taking chicken bones with me to fill the streets of other cities, too. Like taking a little bit of home, home with you. It's that's yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So so Loki is the earth flat. Well, you know, I the the earth flat conversation that you guys were having, <laughs> it's a spherical shape, but it can be you can be molded a little bit by stronger beings. Right now it is not flat. However, as you were saying, Cam, they do use that narrative to demonize people and an example of that right now is Kyrie Irvin who is an NBA basketball player he's one of the best in the NBA and mm -hmm. he has mm -hmm. caused some controversy over his vaccination status he yeah he's likely not vaccinated but he he won't give his status and in the past he's gotten some heat for talking about conspiracies and one of the conspiracies that they initially started demonizing him with like a couple years ago was a flat earth conspiracy where he questioned mm -hmm. I don't know what the earth is Maybe it's flat. And so that became kind of the uh, the point of he's a crazy person. And now the articles you read about him, it's like Kyrie Irvin, the conspiracy theorist who has liked all this blood sucking babies and flat earth theories on Facebook, oh isn't vaccinated. That's how they that's just how they present him now. Well, recently, I, I, I've been spending a lot of time over the last year trying to delineate between vaccine hesitant and anti-vaxxer because there is a distinction between the two of them. But I said, I'm going to stop doing that because your rights don't change simply because you're someone that's easy to make fun of. Mm -hmm. And right. yeah, I, I, so I think that applies to everything, what we're talking about here, including flat earth. Like you have the, the mind is a garden. You are free to wander it and you are free to explore even wrong or bad ideas. That's your privilege that you're allowed to do. And, and there is like social pressure to rob you of that. And yeah. frankly, Every, uh, you know, advancement and invention that takes us outside of what is the status quo comes from people who are willing to be just a little bit mad, which is kind of the theme of the show. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah. a fantastic point is if <laughs> science was always settled then we'd never go anywhere and we would always be where we started. So the science isn't settled. It's the, the, they totally they just they flip the scientific process on its head where it's like, no, you just trust the scientists. You just what They'll come to the conclusion and then you just trust it. And the idea of questioning it and science mm -hmm. just being a working theory scaffolding that is constantly you're constantly trying to disprove what you already know to learn more and to improve. And that like that right now is like you're an evil person if you have that philosophy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also you're evil if you don't want to enrich big pharma which I think right. is an interesting position for the left to take, but you know, what do I know? It, isn't that crazy how <laughs> yeah. the, you know, the people who, you know, 10 years ago are the, you know, they're anti-corporate, anti-big business and are now just full-fledged 
pro big business. Yes, ESG standards. We we want this company standing up for our social value. No, they're not. They're yeah. they're only doing what they need to do on its face so they can get money from yeah. Klaus Schwab and all the great reset people. And they don't really care. Like there's some there's it's been revealed by some of the executives of those companies where they caught, they're caught on audio talking about how, well, we're only doing these climate change initiatives because we know that's not really an achievable just so we can, we can get, you know, the Klaus Schwab great reset money and they're all just full of it. Okay. They're, they're completely full of it. Yeah. Mandate. 100%. <laughs> Preach. Love. Did y'all see, thank you. Did y'all see the video of the basketball player who gave like the most eloquent, perfect response to the question about his vaccine status. That, that's all that all the I NBA didn't. media day was, was instead of them asking about basketball and the you know, strategies and it was, it was just the, the uh, are you vaccinated? You're not. Why, why aren't you vaccinated? Evil, evil person, devil. And then other, the other player would come up and they say, Hey, your jerk teammate over here isn't vaccinated. He's going to ruin your season. Why don't you fight with him? Don't you hate this guy? I mean, that, that was all they did the whole time. And then this one guy was totally ready for it. He's been in heat. He's got a lot of heat before because he's very, very, he's Christian. He's very religious. And they, they bash this guy for it. But the guy is so, he knows his stuff. He's confident and he is not phased by all the pressure. I highly recommend watching it. I didn't find his name. He plays for the Orlando Magic. The science, and, the scientism uh, is the new puritanism. And totally. there is that, you know, strain within people that uh, if you don't adhere to the new state religion, you're, you're a bad person, you need to be removed from society. You know, so like you see that strain, that part of our culture, like we think America is this like pure freedom culture. It's not. People think that the Puritan, the Puritans came here to escape religious persecution. That is the opposite of the truth. In <laughs> England, they were not allowed to persecute people. So they came here with dispensation from the king. Get out, go do that crazy shit that you want to do over there in the new world. And so they came here specifically to religiously persecute. And that strain is still living today in our culture. It's just been adhered to by science instead of religion. Well, in the state, because, I mean, if you actually look at progressivism and you trace it back to its origins, Woodrow Wilson, all of them, they talked, they, mm -hmm. they actually stem from the Puritans and they, they used, especially Woodrow Wilson used um, the social gospel as a means to start World War One to move us towards this thing from the very beginning. So Puritanism is baked in to at least American leftism and it's definitely seeped into the right as well. I want to ask a, a round table question. I want everybody to give their answer. Do you think the the Titanic was legitimately sunk accidentally by an iceberg. <laughs> and I'll start with you legs. <laughs> I think that was a huge conspiracy. I think um, there was an iceberg and they ran right into it. I think they knew it was there. And they, because apparently this, the seas that they were traveling in were very treacherous and dangerous. And they knew that going into it. And then you look at the names that were on board, the guys that want, were not, um, they didn't want the Fed. They were opposed to the Fed. So I think there was an iceberg and they ran into it on purpose. Yeah, that's kind of my theory. It's either an iceberg and they ran into it on purpose or they purposefully punctured the hole somehow with explosive or something. But they knew where they were going. The, the ships had reported that had previously passed the area that that was a dangerous zone. They went, they literally went right into it. They didn't avoid it. 
And it's either that the captain was a complete moron, which I don't think he was based on his experience, his previous experience. He was very good at, at being a captain and navigating mm -hmm. the seas. I think mm -hmm. they took it down on purpose, purposefully to stop the people who wanted to stop the Fed, because those were the richest people in the world at this time. If they were around and the Fed didn't exist, these people would probably, unless they completely ruin the economy, they would probably be still be the richest people. And they're now they're mm. gone. Norse God Loki, your opinion on the Titanic? I think Ruby was tired of Jack and she was trying to <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't yeah. even her name. It was Rose. <laughs> no, Rose, whatever. <laughs> murderer. That's what I call her, is murderer. murderer. She could have made space on that door. <laughs> that was, yeah, that, that door was big over. enough, and she just let him. Well, I, I agree with you guys. I think it was a conspiracy. There was too many really rich people who were supposed to be on the ship that weren't. Mm -hmm. One of them being Alfred Gwynn Vanderbilt, Anderson Cooper's mm -hmm. relative. And yeah. this, there was a bunch of people who seem to be really wealthy and kind of in there, you know, these really rich people that are part of parts of these factions, they're like frenemies kind of, they, they like pretend they don't work together, but they're just always planning yeah. to just stab each other in the back. I feel like a lot of that was like going Loki on would. with Titanic. Yes, of course. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I have some insight into this Titanic. <laughs> and Cam, jo your opinion? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, go ahead. I'll tell you afterwards. No, it, it'll be real quick. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> Jonathan Isaac is the guy's name. If you guys want to watch the video of his answer to the the vaccine thing, it's a really, it's it's the right way to answer the question. It really is. Okay. Okay. I have to check it. Out. I think that was actually we were going to watch that, and then we had a host an episode before we came on here, and we didn't. We just missed it. So I'm glad you brought it up because we're going to look it up right now after the show and watch it. Yeah. It's also nice to be like six foot ten and two hundred and fifty pounds that people are just gonna be like, all right, we'll we'll let you slide, big guy. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he's also putting out videos just pro God. Totally. And yeah, he's just he's spitting a lot of truth. So I don't know how they haven't shut him down yet. You you have these people in these like power positions, and I think it's awesome that he's using that to spread good good words and good faith. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, I hope this isn't trying to cause some divide or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm always skeptical yeah. karate stance. Well, it's interesting <laughs> that they, they go after Kyrie Irvin and they go after Andrew Wiggins, the other, the guy who's on the mm -hmm. Golden State Warriors. But this guy says this and they just kind of leave him alone. It's like they, it's almost like they don't want the attention to be on what he said. They, they want to shift the attention mm -hmm. to the ones they can say, look at him. He was all about flat earth theory. He didn't believe mm -hmm. in the moon landing or whatever they mm -hmm. want to throw at him. But this guy, they're just like, oh, okay, let's just not pay attention to him. Well, they'll they'll use God when it suits their purposes, though, because they have mm -hmm. the mayor of New York talking to a group of people. Uh, Cam sent me this video where mm -hmm. she says, God wants you all to get vaccinated. I want you to be my apostles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The oh. balls on that woman <laughs> to say... I want you to be my apostles. It tells you a lot about like how they see themselves and how they see you. 
She said, my apostles? My apostles. She that did. was the part yeah. that struck more than saying this is what God wants. Because all through the annals of history, every day, every day, somebody is saying this is what God wants, do what God wants. The part that struck me was saying, be my apostles. I want you to be my apostles. And this mega church, they just loved it. They ate that shit up. So, um, yeah, it says a lot about how these people in power sort of view themselves. And it's if, if that person claims to be speaking for God... It tells you a lot about who she's actually speaking for. Mm-hmm. All I'm going to yeah, say on that. Andrew Cuomo, right? Because he is responsible for the first female governor of New York, and New York owes a debt to him. <laughs> he's That's all true. about women's empowerment. <laughs> he, he does love them. He does love doing things to them, apparently, too. <laughs> the fact that people were surprised that either of the Cuomos weren't just sexually harassing people around the clock shocked me. I'm like, you look at those guys, you hear them talking five seconds, it's like, this guy sexually harasses people on the way to his elevator in the morning, at least five or six people. I feel Most sexually harassed when I hear him talk. Totally, yeah. yeah. Well, they are Italian. That's why, I, right, yeah. As an, Ita- as, as an Italian, I can make that joke. So. <laughs> I love those videos of them where they're dancing in the club. Have you have you guys seen those? No. Oh my god! Yeah, there's like videos of one of the Cuomos just in a club dancing all weird and with his pierced nipples and oh, you know. God. <laughs> I love that that man chose on multiple occasions to wear shirts tight enough so that you can see the barbells. Right. Oh. Shirt. No, he wants you to see it, just like exactly. Jeffrey Tubin wants you to see it. Uh, it's important that you know <laughs> what he's doing. Well, Jeffrey Tubin's actually consulting Chris Cuomo on how he should respond to the sexual <laughs> assault allegations. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a joke, but it wouldn't surprise me if it were true, to be honest. So I would, yeah, if I'm seeing it, I would do that just to troll people at this point because they have gotten so ridiculous that you, it, you can't tell what's you know, parody and what is act what they're actually saying is truth. And their commercials are like, this is an apple. This is a banana. It, it, it just so, <laughs> it's so dystopian. <laughs> I'm so glad people I know only get the audio for this because there have been so many things today. <laughs> that was a beautiful that was a good one. <laughs> Whoever you are, I love you. Oh, that's that, that, his, his name says Paul, but it's actually Brandon. So. When that when that Jeffrey Tubin thing went down, people were on Twitter it making jokes down. that night. It was <laughs> it, fair. That's fair. That's fair. So when that when the oh, Jeffrey Tubin thing went up, uh, people on Twitter were making jokes about how oh tomorrow you're going to see articles all about how we should ex- accept masturbation at work as normal <laughs> and. It's like they it's like they took that as advice because the next day there were articles about how masturbating at work was totally normal. I saw that. I'm like what what kind of culture are we living in where we just like make ex- make these kind of excuses for this people where you know tugging it tugging it during a Zoom meeting and now his name is synonymous. Like how great is it that his name is Tubin? Right. Because it's, it's now Tubin. synonymous with the with the like action. An- like Anthony Weiner. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really oh, that's yeah. Carlos danger to you. You know that's oh, not man. the first time he's done that too. For for him to do that, one, you, I think he probably wanted them to see it. I, I think I don't think you can be that dumb to, to put. The, I think he wanted them to see it too. I think he probably does that on a regular basis. I think it's oh wait, we need another five minutes for Tubin over here to finish up, then we'll get back in the meeting. And I think somebody was just like tired of it. Finally. 
they ruined Louis C.K.'s career. And he mm -hmm. asked for permission and was, <laughs> grant, was granted said permission before he did it. But Jeffrey Tubin just gets to do it to whoever just happens to be on the Zoom call that day. And they will write articles in defense of him. It's a it's a clown world, guys. Complete clown I, world. I saw a a bit of one of Louis C.K.'s more recent acts, and he, he was talking about, so if, if you ask a girl uh, if, if you can masturbate in front of her, and uh, she says yes, I really think you should follow that up with, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a joke. It's just really good advice. Especially if it's Sarah Silverman, because apparently she lies. So did you see? Yeah. I don't know if you you listened to the propaganda report while I was in your space, Binkley, but did you hear that um Sarah Silverman not that long ago actually came out talking about how uh we should split up into at least two countries? I saw yeah. that it's not working out. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. What a great yeah, thing to, to hear be said. I mean, yeah. I don't trust her or believe her, but hey, it's nice to hear it. <laughs> yeah, she's she. It, it is interesting. Somebody, what did she say? She said something else recently that you know I can't remember what it was specifically, but it was it was out of character for someone like her. Mm -hmm. I think it was <laughs> or something. But you do see some of these celebrities kind of pause and say something that's like this is kind of messed up every time like bill maher lately <laughs> has has been changed his tune a little I, i'm a little suspicious of him like He's, i think they kind of allow him to be the the line that you can go to and not cross maybe in certain yeah. instances but a lot of the stuff he says is not wrong and mm -hmm. it, it is interesting to see people kind of flip when they're not so focused on trump and, and hating mm -hmm. trump like unless you're Stephen Colbert and literally every night I've been covering that vaccine thing that he does oh, that little thing where he dances with, with needles oh. and has song. He's been doing that for like four months oh. and, and I've never seen such a state run propaganda operation designed as a comedy show, which isn't funny at all. No. Then then Stephen Colbert show. It's unbelievable. I, I don't know how you can live with yourself. Look yourself in the mirror when you <clears throat> just, he's basically CNN with dance numbers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's unbearable. I can't watch him. I used to be a huge fan of him back in the day when he had his own show. He was funny, but mm -hmm. now he's just total 180 all for the the program that's being pushed on us today. Same with Jimmy Kimmel, too. Oh, he's like yeah. really gone downhill. All these mouthpieces. It's coming out that these guys are just mouthpieces for the agenda. You know, they're not they're genuine so at bitter, all. too, with the way they talk. They're so almost hateful, especially Jimmy Kimmel. And, oh, I don't and know if uh, Jimmy... Stephen, Stephen uh, uh, Colbert. Yeah, Col mm -hmm. Colbert, too. It, it's just they're very much trying to create the apartheid and make it look like they're mm -hmm. the good guys. And, and I don't know if you saw Kimmel interview Hunter Biden, but you should, you should watch <laughs> yeah. it. You should really watch you should. What I did on one of our shows is I compared Jimmy Kimmel's interview with the pillow, my pillow guy, Mike Lindell, <laughs> to his interview with Jimmy Kimmel, oh, I did yeah. back and forth clips, and it's just like he's just the rudest, most horrible person on the planet to the my pillow guy who takes yeah. everything in stride and is like, "Let me give you a hug," and he's just like super nice to him. He, he handles it all well. And then Hunter Biden, he's joking with him about his crack smoking and and, and about maybe that was your laptop, maybe it wasn't. It, it's just it's really shocking to see that. And what's even more shocking to me is the fact that. People are can so easily dismiss that level of obvious bias mm. in 
while it's not news, it really kind of is because a lot of people do get their news from those shows. Did I tell you they how do. much I like your black tank top? You know, I was waiting for you to comment on that because I almost didn't wear it. And then I was like, oh, shit. I got to put on a black tank top for Kate. <laughs> <laughs> so We got two tickets to the gun show. Um, I was going to say, that, sun's out, gun's out. Backstory <laughs> for that, when I covered for Monica on the Propaganda Report, the first day we were both wearing black tank tops. And so we, we, we joked yes. about that. So anytime you'll see brad and i on camera together we're going to be wearing black tank tops yeah <laughs> that's wonderful oh my gosh we're tank top buddies I mean, you both you both are perfect in black tank tops just bring out the guns just... right it is, it's all cgi I'd, I'd, uh, yeah. I'd to pump it these up. aren't yeah, real yeah. tattoos oh, i knew yeah. i knew you were lying I'm, I'm, a wimp. That... I'm a wimp i can't handle the needles he says that because his mother watches the show now don't believe him <laughs> I'm sorry about that F word, mom. <laughs> I love your mom, Cam. She's she's wonderful. When she was on that episode with you guys. Love that oh, episode. Man, that was a great Loved episode. It. Yeah. I, I that, was um, oh, yeah. That was a <laughs> that was a tearful one. No, a, a lot of the um the women from my church ended up watching that show and I was like, oh God, they watched my show. But <laughs> they were so supportive. Oh, that's and it was just not the thing that you are told about the Christian community is that mm. if you come out and talk about regretting an abortion, that they're going to be supportive. You think that you're going to be like, well, you belong in hell. And that's not at all the attitude. Yeah. It's literally, literally the opposite. So if, if one group is telling you how another group is going to react to you based on something, they might have an agenda. Just throwing that out there. They're trying to demonize Christians on a certain level for sure right now. They're trying to yeah. tie Christianity with this yeah. whole domestic terror thing mm. that they're pushing and you know, people who question the election, people who are vaccine hesitant. They're kind of mm. trying to weave all these together into one domestic terror uh, uh, profile to watch for. I've, I've seen a couple articles pop up lately about you know, you know, the dark side of uh, the Christian faith and um, – why domestic terror and Christianity uh, go hand in hand. It, it, this is pretty shocking to me, the, the types of angles that people are trying to, to push on that. And I know some of those are going to be really far, far uh, radicalized people that just are just trying to demonize the faith, but it seems to be popping up more lately. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, remember we talked on your show like weeks ago about how um, they were going to, turn the domestic terrorism on everyone and that's how it was going the american taliban stuff like that mm -hmm. and then al-qaeda and, <laughs> and when when i was when, when you were out like it was when um uh george w bush came out and was saying that the one six and the had that were of the same foul spirit as al-qaeda and stuff and i was like yeah i'm so glad that we have it on record that brad and i spoke about this i know right and george bush <laughs> did, let me show you some of my art me and hunter painted together I mean, how, <laughs> did you both artists? Well, I mean, this is ridiculous. Did y'all see the article that came out that was basically like, "Are your Republican neighbors plotting to kill you?" <laughs> and it said that yes. if your Republican yes. neighbors are hanging a black flag outside of their house, they're basically plotting to kill you if you're a liberal. Oh Oh, and I, I thought, funny. you know, as much as I see leftists and people from the left projecting what their intentions are on the opposite side, it yeah. made me kind of think, oh, my God, are the leftists planning to fucking kill us? Because <laughs> I'm not even conservative, but I know that they would consider me one. So, you know, that was alarming to me because I see a 
whole lot of projection coming from that side. Mm. And what I was, what I thought was funny about those tweets is one of the guys was like showing the black flag thing. And he was like, my neighbor did this and I'm scared. I'm scared. And he's like, before you say it, no, he's not an anarchist. He went from a Trump flag to a, to a Gadsden flag to a black flag. And I'm like, that's the progression towards anarchist. So I don't, <laughs> what point are you making? Exactly. <laughs> Supposed to go that way. If you're doing it right. Meanwhile, they're starting to do multiple <laughs> multiple anthems at, at football games and other sports games, and that oh, yeah, like you know, whatever your anthem, anthem is anthem or something. Well, th what they're doing is they're doing the national anthem, then they're doing the black national anthem. Mm -hmm. What does that? that sound like? Is it a what banger? What's the difference? Is it a banger? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's totally. It's it's hot. Um, <laughs> <Four. yeah. laughs> but they're. Just, Flags too. They're like raising different flags and stuff. And those are all the the symbols are all tools of control. Whether it's oh, yeah. uh, the, even the, oh, the yeah. national anthem. I'm not saying the national anthem is great. I'm not pro that. I'm just saying that the idea that they're starting to present multiple is the promotion of division and, and fracture and conflict in society. So straight up, this dude at my church was talking about this, and he said that um, although it hasn't gone kinetic yet, America is already in a civil war now. We yeah. talk about like a coming civil war, but he was saying there are already two Americas. There's the heartland and then there's the homeland. And like, I hope mm. I'm getting this right. But like the heartland is the people, the coastal people, the city people. And then the homeland is sort of like the rest of us kind of in the middle here. The, the conservatives, the Christians, the, you know, the people who just want to be left alone, the people who want to, you know, um, have raw milk and, and collect their rainwater. All of raw these people can be delicious, by the way. Right. It, it really is. Oh, yeah. It's so no, it's awesome. Better. And um, those two yeah. groups are diametrically opposed. And so you will be lumped in with white supremacy and domestic terrorism if you're a raw milk, collect rainwater type of person because you are diametrically opposed to the heartland. Well, it's, they actually so it's not, said that. Like they yeah. actually said that on a CFR panel de deconstruction that we, that we, well, they had a discussion, we deconstructed it, but they talked about you have to look out for these survivalists, these people who grow tomatoes, who, who like natural food, because that is, uh, that is a guise and that is two steps yep. away from being a full-fledged white nationalist. It, it was just completely shocking that they were <laughs> characterizing anybody who was being self-sufficient and independent in that way. Yeah. But yep. exactly I've right. heard it about uh, holistic medicine, um, yeah. especially and that gets lumped in with anti-vaxxer, anti-vaxxer gets lumped in with conservative, and then that gets lumped in with white supremacy. So it's like this really easy progression that they're, they've already primed people for. They're, they're, it's, they don't have to do any work any further. If you are opposed to the scientism religion of mm. the heartland in any way, you are XYZ white supremacist, white supremacist domestic terrorist automatically, just because you literally grow herbs. <laughs> right. Wow. Well, you know, I think that up. that I don't think that that exists. So I think they're trying to manifest that through the media, media mm -hmm. and social media in the digital world. I think when you're out in the field and you're talking to people, most people are reasonable, even if you have different views. And I think that they're trying to radicalize people and pull them away from the reasonable reasonableness and try to make what we see on social media with people just going crazy left and right. They only, they only highlight stories of the most ridiculous things. So there could be a thousand 
and or there could be a thousand protests against the mandates that are perfectly respectful and reasonable. And then there could be one person who could very likely be a plant that goes in and uh, headbutts somebody and kicks somebody in the nuts uh, and then spits on them because they're wearing a mask. And then the only story you hear about is crazy anti-masker and anti-vaxxer. Yeah you know, knees principal in the nuts. And that's the only one you hear about to create this character like that and to try and make that fear translate into the real world. But from the people I talk to and that I've been around, and I'm around a lot of progressives and liberals because I'm in the theater community, obviously, by the little stupid hat that I'm wearing right now. (laughs) And they're mostly cool. Now, you get in discussions with people and sometimes people will kind of go off the chains a little bit. I, I played a clip of, Carrie Mullis to a guy, a guy I know, a friend of mine known for like 10 years who just loves Fauci. And and he, he started screaming at the recording. I'm like, dude, don't yell at the phone. It's just a recording. (laughs) And he was like short circuiting about what he can't hear you. It was was crazy. And, and, but still, he still didn't want to fight. He still didn't want to start a war. And and I think they're badly trying to create that. (laughs) The reality of the digital world is so (laughs) unlike what the real world is. So I've witnessed this in person where like I'll have um, parties uh, where friends will come over, people will gather in groups and they'll talk to each other at the party where they've come maskless to the party talking about, oh, you know, we wear masks in public and this, that and the other thing. But here they are at a party. They're gathering at a social gathering. They're not wearing a mask, but they're discussing with the other people at the party about how they're obedient to this social convention. I thought this is weird. This is really weird because you're here now. You're here with me. Yeah. Like you haven't seen me in months. You don't know where I've been. You know, like so you're you're saying this thing to each other to signal to each other that you're on the yeah. same side. Yeah. But your behavior <laughs> is that you're still coming into these social groups. And so there's like a um cutoff, like a what what's the word? A cognitive dissonance. I think is in play here where you're behaving one way, but you have to talk about how you are obedient to the social culture. And I couldn't square that. I I watched it with an open jaw. I was like, you're literally sitting in a social gathering (laughs) right now. Passing a joint, you know? Passing, (laughs) no, literally, quite literally passing a joint between Uh, each other. Talking about, I wear a mask everywhere I go, man. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And passing it to me and i'm like okay cool i don't (laughs) (laughs) i got a little covid but you know whatever oh we don't we don't kill it we don't kill it (laughs) may i I ask you about that brad of course that you had the coof i did i had the coof and uh i I did Did one of those rapid antibody tests i did i didn't love it it was definitely not fun it was uh, it was probably the longest i've ever been under the weather, I would say. At first, I just thought that I had like a, a fever and the flu, and it didn't seem really any different for the first couple of days until I completely lost my sense of smell and taste. That was the the real <laughs> strange thing. And I, I gotta tell you, that is really weird. You know, eating food when you, you can't smell it or or taste it, it's just yeah. like you're it, all that you have is the texture. And oh, it's like, nah, nah, this is weird. And you, you didn't want to eat. I didn't want to eat because everything was just like chewing on a towel or, or something like that. It was strange. I, I still yeah. don't have my sense of smell all the way back. I, every now and then I, I can, I, I'll, I'll catch something. I'll go, Oh my gosh, I can smell the orange juice or I can smell whatever. And so it's still coming back. My sense of taste has come back. And other than that, I feel fine, but it was just about a, a fever for like a week for me. And, wow. um, 
it just didn't feel good. And I just wanted to curl up. And every time I got up, I was a little woozy. But hmm. uh, and I know people have different. It affects people differently. Um, I tried to get ivermectin and I tried to get I tried, the stuff that Joe Rogan did. I was like, all right, I'm just going to do what Joe Rogan does because he seems <laughs> although he works out all the freaking time. Too, would they so would they let you have it? Well, I got the prescription through the the doctors, the frontline doctors and the places I tried to fill it. I was unable to fill it because they would just tell me that they're out of it or they don't have it. And mm -hmm. I think I don't think they were telling Lying the ass bastards. Yeah. And then online, you can get online for like a million dollars. Like, look at your ivermectin tomorrow for $10 million. I'm like, I don't think that, I think you're gouging me a little bit. So. Brad, was there anything you did different in your life before you got sick in terms of maybe not getting enough sleep, change in diet? Well, um, I'm not always, my sleep habits aren't the best. I was at a, a football game where there were, uh, there were people who were, I honestly thought I was going to get it because I was in a crowd where I noticed a bunch of people were coughing and stuff. And mm -hmm. I, I, I touched that and I said it to myself. I think I said, I, th I think I'm going to get sick because I, mm -hmm. I, I have a little OCD, so I've always kind of been conscious of that type of thing. And, mm -hmm. and, um, that's actually the first time I've been sick since I, probably when I was in high school, it's been a long wow. time I, I, mm -hmm. I've been sick and I, I saw it coming because I was, I was around a very uh, germ germy area, and um, okay. I think there were sick people there. But did you say germy know. or German? Were these crowds? A lot, a lot or... of German people were around, and they were <laughs> coughing. And that'll do it. Uh, yeah. Speaking, yeah. I mean, th their entire language is essentially a cough, a <laughs> series yeah. of coughs. Yeah. Yeah. They were spitting all over me. It was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, the reason I asked that because I, I wanted to get your take on terrain theory. And if you think that's a thing, I guess roundtable, what do you guys think about terrain theory or versus germ theory versus germ theory? Can you give us a little bit of background? Cause I'm not familiar. So terrain theory in a nutshell, your environment, environmental factors make you sick, not necessarily a virus. Um, mm -hmm. Like I asked some change in diet, lack of sleep. Um, those things can definitely affect nutrition. Your, yeah. Your nutrition, mm -hmm. they can affect how you feel and you can right. get sick. Um, yeah, you know. the germ theory would be like Louis Pasteur, what he said, where, you know, little microscopic organisms are the thing that make you sick. And the modern version of it is that the only thing that allegedly can help you is vaccines. Um, but, you know, there's also medications that can help you and things like that. So it's a, it's a difference of what makes you sick. Is it the things around you? Is it your environment? If you're the goldfish, is it your bowl? Or is it something else that's making you sick, like a disease that's been implanted in the water or, you know, a virus or something? So it's between the two. I always thought it, I, I'll start off, I guess, but I always thought it was kind of bullshit that um, when it got cold, there were more germs around. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, I always got some kind of little cold, some kind of sickness right when, right when the weather hits. Mm -hmm. Now, I also think that there are things that affect you, like, you know, I have allergies from like pollen. I have allergies from ragweed. Mm -hmm. So I know that there are like environmental factors that can completely lay you out flat that just don't even affect anyone else. And I will be coughing, sneezing, the whole works when the ragweed comes in and that's not going to affect my husband. You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't know. I, I just always, the idea that it, it everything's like, there are more germs when it's cold 
did not make any sense to me because the way that all these like bacteria and things like that work, they're like warm environments make them grow, right? Mm -hmm. So wouldn't the cold air outside during the winter mean that it would be less transmissible? I, I always thought that that was sort of weird. And now I'm not, you know, the expert here. <laughs> I, I was a biology major, but I did not graduate. So there is that <laughs> thing to add. I got washed out by, by organic chemistry too. So that might be playing into my thought process here. But yeah, I always thought it was a little kind of bullshitty that somehow there were more germs around when it was cold. I don't know. What about you, Cam? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I, I've, I never looked, I, I've never looked into that. Um, I mean, it would. I mean, I guess that it would perhaps make sense in the speaking directly to the cold aspect, in just that people typically bundle and are closer to each other for warmth during that time. But, mm -hmm. but I don't that's know. True, I, I have no idea. What about you, Loki? <laughs> oh, you're muted, Ben. Muted. Oh, yeah. Mute. Sorry, I was playing a trick on myself there. <laughs> Monica <laughs> is a fantastic reason. Monica has talked about this a good bit. I don't, I'm not as familiar with the theory. I, the environmental factors, I absolutely believe affect everything. Getting good sleep. And I, as I've gotten older, I, I've, I've realized I'm like, I can't just be like a rock star. I, I got to start sleeping more. I, I got I to eat better and, you know, not go out as much. And, sugar for for instance i i yeah. love sugar i love Shit's candy poison. but now i'm like yeah Sugar's get it out of the house disgusting. i don't want to see it you shouldn't, <laughs> totally. you shouldn't it's if it's around me i'll eat it so i try to just keep it as far away from me as possible because i know i'm not going to feel good if i eat a bunch of, of sugar so i i definitely think the bowl i love the way that you you describe that is it the is it the bowl the environment inside the bowl or is it are people putting shit in there to <laughs> kind of poison it um I, I think that definitely the environment and as for germ theory, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like if I'm a, I feel like sick people can get other people sick if um, not always. I mean, it's not always going to get other people sick, but I feel like if perhaps you've been in an environment where you have let your guard down, maybe combined with germs being passed around that you're going to be more vulnerable to it. But I really, yeah, I don't know. Well, and, and if you think about health as a whole, I mean, most of what our health care is, isn't preventative it's uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's not preventative and so you you see like most of the issues that i deal with which aren't a whole lot but all of them deal almost directly with how i treat my body mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is just filling it with swiss cake rolls and, <laughs> and you know every wednesday night I, I i i have this this drink that is just not anything bad mom mama harless i'm so like sorry sweet tea. it's sweet yeah. tea it looks it's, like tea yeah. to me <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like most of the things that people deal with have to do with their environment and how they deal with themselves and their gut biome and all of that. And so like, I, I think it's probably a mixture. I can't, I mean, I've seen, I've gotten sick and sick from people who I've only been in contact with at a place that I'm not in the environment all the time, you know, like mm -hmm. I've, so like people come into my environment and make me sick and I'm like, well, it's not my environment then. So I think it's probably both. I did get H1N1 in 2014. Oh, I got it. Yeah, it was did the worst. The no, I, it was did the you... worst thing I've ever been through, oh, by the shit. way. Oh. And I worked in a restaurant at the time. 
So I'm pretty sure that being, I had all kinds of exposure to everyone and touching the things that they were using with their mouth and all that, of that kind of stuff. Like I definitely got it from work. I think um, it was just 4G towers at that point that were doing this. <laughs> yeah. But now we have 5G and it's much worse. And there was Super nothing about that changed from before I got sick to when I got sick. It was literally just that H1N1 came through and I happened to get it really bad. And yeah, it, uh, yeah, H1N1, it will, it will, it kills people. I was, yeah. you know, 25 ish, 26 ish. I don't, I'm not good with math, but I was in my mid twenties. <laughs> I was healthy. You know, I, I eat a lot of vegetables. I take vitamins, drink water. Like there, I, I walked to work two miles every day. So I got exercise. Like I was doing everything right. And that shit laid me out flat. I lost um, 15 pounds. Oh, wow. I was in bed for eight days. I didn't have health insurance, so I couldn't really do anything about it, but kind of waited like out. A vacation. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm lucky I didn't get fired. I actually had like a really great boss who, you know, knew that I was as sick as I was and decided not to let me go for my job, even though I couldn't come to work for two weeks. So and in the restaurant industry, that's not something that's usually a guarantee. So yeah, I, I really, Brad, wherever you are out there, not you, the... <laughs> <laughs> gay Brad, who used to employ me. Um, oh, Gay Brad, sorry. Is this, gay yeah, Brad, this is not who used to employ me. Yeah, uh, I appreciate you for not firing not me <laughs> when I had eight. I am not one. Gay Brad. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's Gay Brad. You're not Gay Brad. Uh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. So I was, I was at Relapse for a long time, Relapse Theater. Jessica has been there uh, quite a bit. She's one of her uh, good friends was a performer. <laughs> I used to perform with her. And I, when I was younger, I was su pretty severe OCD. I, my, my hands, especially in the winter were cracked and, and bleeding quite often because of how often that I washed them. And it, I used to joke all the time that I could count, you know, I always count my steps so I can tell you exactly how many steps is from here till the next time I disappoint my parents. And <laughs> I, so I was like, I had it, I was a germ guy, you know, and relapse actually broke me of that because it was so dirty all the time and bob was like come here hug we don't care we're just gonna we'll bask in the germs you'll be fine your, your immune system will be strong I used to joke about that but i think there's something to that i know george carlin used to joke about that too it got to the point where it's just like the, the, it's dirty there's so many people around all the time and, and theater is touchy-feely that it really i kind of it, it broke me from being such a germaphobic after about probably a year or so and the whole time that i was there i i never got sick i know that that's a single instance. It doesn't prove anything, but I do think it is. I, I didn't even know that terrain theory existed until I heard Monica bring it up during one of our shows and it hadn't dawned on me. I was like, Oh my gosh, there are other theories about this. I, I'd never even consider that kind of like people with evolution and all it's like, Oh my gosh, evolution hasn't that theory hasn't always been around. Wow. It's see, the way they tell us about it. It seems like pretty it new. It's yeah. a pretty new theory. And it was invented by an unrepentant racist as part of, <laughs> as part of his bid to explain why certain groups of people just weren't quite as human as other groups of people. And that's something because that sort of gets lost. Going, no, no, no. no <laughs> right. No. Yep. So, and I think it's important to know that it's something that kind of gets glossed over. And uh, you guys should look at the notes from the Copley medal. He won the Copley medal in 1860. Mm -hmm. And there were some scientists who were kind of stepping up and being like, yeah, this theory doesn't meet the rigor of science. 
And we should not award medals to people, science medals to people whose theories do not meet the rigors of science. <laughs> and then furthermore, I have a I have a bit of a pet peeve about Darwin. Um, furthermore, <laughs> um, uh, Marx, uh, Marx and Engel exchanged letters with him, and they loved his theories and thought <laughs> that his theories really proved their personal personally racist theories yep. so yeah if you guys um are darwin fans you should definitely look into some of the letters <laughs> that got exchanged by some of the worst people yeah. who ever existed yeah. well so i, I love reading love... marx's material in black lives matter he's got a whole <laughs> oh yeah quite I, the progressive that, that guy what i love is the idea that at some point charles darwin was presenting his theory and he's like man evolved from apes and they're like how do you know this and he goes well did you see the birds with the the beaks yeah they were yeah. different beaks and so obviously yeah <laughs> i that love that it. darwin it voice that there. Simple. <laughs> great yeah he sounds birds. exactly like that <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, evolved the door it just went forward <laughs> you know the birds you saw the birds with the beaks <laughs> That's like science today. Nothing's changed. Yeah. Really, it is. <laughs> no. Fauci, and when it's, when it's a religion and you have faith in it, you don't mm -hmm. need it to make sense. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. It's scientism. It's not science. Oh, yeah. and, and it is the way that people react. They react to it with, with faith. And you guys were talking about religion earlier, and it was very—I mean, very fascinating. I—I I find that subject interesting. Cam, you know far more about the Bible than I do. I'm, I'm sure all of you know far more about the, the Bible than, than I do. But I love <laughs> I do. I love the stories in the Bible. I just think they're so interesting, and they come from something, you know. So anything that you know pops into our imagination. Whether we realize it or not, it, it is going to be a combination of things that we have that has been pressed upon us through mm -hmm. the world that we've lived in. So mm -hmm. while some stuff seems out there, and I know some people have a literal interpretation, some people see Bible symbols and, and, and representations of exaggerated, they came from something. The, the stuff that is written, it was not just purely fabricated out of people's imaginations. It was a product of something that was witnessed and experienced. Yeah. Yeah. And the trying to understand all that is now i don't i don't know what i don't know what y'all's y'all's beliefs are so i, I you know i don't, don't want to uh, offend but i find that yeah. atheism personally yeah. is the most irrational theory mm -hmm. and oftentimes not everybody but there's a little it's kind of a strong religious faith in atheism yes. in, in that if you question yeah. atheism that you're just kind of dumb and it's just like yeah. mm -hmm. this seems you know it, it's something kicked everything off it, something put everything into motion mm -hmm. what that you call it the big bang who kicked off the big bang what kicked off the big bang i i don't know i i don't think that and this isn't it can sound like a cop-out but i think it is really difficult for us to comprehend and to wrap our brains around how everything was created and and what it is and like a i think about it this way and it's probably kind of a dumb way to think about it but it, it like a fish is swimming around the water or, or in the ocean there's or organisms in the deep recesses of the ocean or whatever they are completely unaware of this different environment that we mm -hmm. live in it's, it's totally important <laughs> them. they do not know that it exists and they do not understand it can you imagine the first time a fish 
gets caught. They're swimming around in the only environment they've, they've ever known. The only sky they've ever seen is wavy yeah. and, and wet. And then all of a sudden they're yanked out of it into this completely different atmosphere yeah. that would probably be fascinating to them if they didn't have a hook in their eye. And, and yeah. <laughs> it's just like crazy. And then, you know, some, they're thrown back into the water to swim in circles the rest of their life because they're probably mentally decapitated at that point. <laughs> and tell people that, that they got pulled, they got abducted by aliens. Everybody tells that guy, oh, it's crazy Frank over there. The other gotta, fish don't aliens. believe them. Yeah. Right. No, exactly. And I'm not saying, like, but my point is that, like, I, they can't understand that. And I, I just think it's very difficult for us to, I don't know if we have the capacity to understand what, the other dimensions might have created or a uh, God that created us. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's all, I, I find the subject fascinating. I'm not as yeah. well learned on it as I would like to be, but um, I do love listening to people who are talk about it. Yeah. I think, I think that that's, that's actually not a bad way to put it at all, because I would say that, you know, I'm Christian, so I'm obviously going to go to the Bible, but you know, that is a revelation. It was God revealing himself to humans and them doing their darndest to explicitly state it and share it with others. So, I mean, it's, it's not a bad analogy at all. No analogy is perfect, but I mean, that's, that's not, that's not bad. It isn't, but I did see a TikTok the other day and a okay. guy said, you know, what really bo- I'm on TikTok cause I'm hip. Um, but uh, a guy <laughs> said, one thing that will always bother me is the, the fact that a, um, a shark will never know that a moose exists. Huh. And then I that kept is, scrolling. Profound. Oh, and I kept shit. scrolling. And this person stitched that TikTok and goes, actually, in this specific part of the world, huh. uh, moose swim through the water and there are also bull sharks in that water. So there are certain sharks that have eaten moose. And I was just wow. like, wow. Worldview shattered. Brand new worldview gone. Oh my God. (laughs) That's so interesting. I find the ocean really interesting. And and I love stuff like that. So they say that we've only explored 5% of the ocean. I I don't know who they are. And I don't know how they could possibly know that. If they've only seen 5%, (laughs) how do you know what percentage it is? That doesn't make any sense. But I do believe that we haven't explored a a large part of the ocean. And just the things that we have pictures of that are uh, in the ocean they're already crazy and they already look like aliens. I, I can't imagine what's actually in the parts of the ocean that we have not seen. There's organisms that can live forever that yeah. are, you know, in the, in the ocean, they're found in Antarctica, another very interesting place, Antarctica. It's just, there's so much we don't know about where we are right now, just the planet that we live on. I used to be a diehard atheist in the 2010s to 2015 oh, region. Is that an yeah. atheist that just really likes John McClane? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From diehard? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I really like that. <laughs> oh my God. Like, no, but okay. So, but the reason I brought that up is because um, I came true. to believe I came to believe in Christianity. <laughs> I I believed in Christianity before I believed in God. I started studying history and I realized that militarily Christianity should not have happened. Uh, Rome should not have been Christianized. The Vikings should not have been Christianized. Militarily, they should have cut a swath through medieval Europe. Oh shit, like my chair just sank on me. Um, (laughs) And yet... Everywhere that it touched, it spread like wildfire. It spread yeah. through the Vikings. The The Vikings yeah. were Christianized. And so I was looking at this and saying, okay, there is a power to this philosophy. 
there is something going on here and the belief in god came after and that that part i don't have that 100 percent of the time it hits me like a bolt out of the blue and i just think for an astonishing <laughs> second there really is a god and it freaks yeah. me out most of the time and i don't feel it 100 percent of the time but the reason i believe in god and i say that i believe in god is because i've had enough of those experiences that i hold on to them in the moments where i don't where, where if I'm praying, it feels cold and I don't have that sort of like, um, mm. what did you call it? Ecstasy connection yeah, ecstatic. where you're like ecstatic connection. I don't always feel that, but I've, I've had enough of, uh, it, it's almost like where, um, lightning gets it like the, the, the particles in the cloud get attuned with the particles on the earth and it causes a discharge mm. just in the right moment. And you have to be in the right space. And every so occasionally you can get illumined. And I've had enough of those that in the moments where I'm feeling cold about it, I can hold on to that and say, okay, I've, I've felt that before though. And so I know it's there. And, um, but I, the, for me, the philosophy of Christianity came first. And I said, okay, I wanna be part of this. This has clearly been good for the world. This has clearly caused people to live up to their better natures. And so I wanted to be a involved with that. And then the belief in God came after. And like I said, it only hits me every so occasionally. It'll be random. I'll be in the garden. I'll be working in the garden. Butterfly will go by. And I'll feel that discharge of like, holy shit, God's real. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's. <laughs> that's a really Have interesting way to, to think about that. That's, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Have y'all watched The Chosen yet? Oh, no, my mom keeps telling me to watch it. Okay, what so I just it? finished I, it. Is a show? It is. Yes. It's a show. It, ironically enough, it's uh, directed by Dallas Jenkins, who is the son of Jerry B. Jenkins, who wrote Left Behind with Tim LaHaye. Oh, okay. But it's okay. really good, so don't let that dissuade you. Don't, yeah, don't. <laughs> don't let Left Behind in any way be a reflection of this That's at Kirk all. Cameron uh, movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I, I watched through the first two seasons. It's free. They have an app. You just search for The Chosen in, the, in your app store, mm -hmm. and you can okay. cast it or watch it or whatever. And it's it's the easily the best depiction of Jesus and the apostles that I've ever seen. Oh, and it's wow. and it and there are different parts in it that just absolutely punch you in the stomach. Like there were there were certain things that I realized watching it that I hadn't thought of because I'd read it linearly in a in the book that many times and it showed showed it to me in a new way mm -hmm. so if you haven't watched it yet it's free watch it there are 16 episodes now and wow. it's well worth two seasons watch. two com two complete seasons and the thing about the chosen also is that it's crowdfunded netflix prime none of these uh show makers oh. would touch it and so it's been completely funded by people who watch the show. There, there are seven seasons planned and they're funded through season five. So you can go on an app on your phone, it's called Angel Studios, and you can cast your TV from the Angel Studios app. And you can also um, there's- from the Chosen app. Or the Chosen app as well. And um, you can watch it for free. Um, there is sort of like a, a pay it forward aspect to it. So if you do, you're gonna love it. So I know you'll love it, um, but if you love it, pay for an episode for someone else to watch it. And oftentimes when you have an episode paid for for you, you'll get to see a little blurb from that person. And there's a lot of stories that have been imparted to me through that where a person has said, you know, this episode changed my perspective. 
I didn't think of it this way. And so, you know, this is like someone out there is handing this off to you and saying, hey, this this was meaningful to me. I want you to have it too. And I think that's so much um, more powerful than just something that Netflix decided to fund. Because Netflix, they'll throw money at the wall and just see what yeah. sticks. Yeah, Whereas Edward this Bernays is nephew, the, the king of propaganda, is the guy who started and was the CEO of Netflix. Totally. That's such an interesting, it's such an interesting thing. The, the pay it forward idea of that. I, I really like that. It, while, while it still is dispersed, there's kind of the wild west of social media and these online platforms. There mm -hmm. is the ability to reach people using mechanisms like that and platforms like that. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. I think so too. And um, I especially like, you know, after I finish an episode, it'll tell you, Hey, John, Q Smith from Iowa paid for this for you. And, you know, he leaves a little message saying, you know, this really affected me. I hope it affects you too. And there's like a human connection to it that I really appreciate. Like oh, that. that's really I cool. Like, I like that a lot. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. We're going to have to give that a chance. I, I'm always, you know, I wouldn't consider myself a Christian. I'm a spiritual person. I believe in God. I know God exists. And we'll get I, you that, I, buddy. <laughs> hey, I read the Bible. I read the Bible. I think the Bible is an important book that everybody should read. I think I think that to me, the lessons that impart in the Gospels with Jesus, the way he acts, yeah. that to yeah. me is pure Christianity. It's just, Cam, I have not had the wonderful ecstatic experiences that you have had in a church. I've had I've had completely opposite experiences. And what church, what kind of church did you go to? I was Mormon. I was born Mormon. Um, okay. and, then, and then after the only other Christian faith I had is I, I, I went to like an Episcopalian church because I just I wanted to see what it was like outside of the Mormon church and then Catholic school. And I went to mass like every day. And so like Chapel. all of the church I did churches I didn't go to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I grew up in uh, Calvary Chapel was the okay. Christian church I went to. Yeah. Okay. And left behind was like huge when i was a kid and yeah. it just terrified me so much <laughs> yeah it's so, scary yeah i read every one of those books yeah, yeah i think too. i read the first one i don't think i read anymore after that they <laughs> scared me i was like no nah, nah, i'm good <laughs> but yeah what is I, the mormon so, belief oh oh the mormon belief well it, it's hard to like i i don't want to like very very different <laughs> i don't want to be smirch mormons but they have a different <laughs> gospel so to speak they they use the Bible, but not really. Most of the time, when I was in but. church, it was, it was always um, Book of Mormon, Book of Mormon, Book of Mormon is written by uh, Pearl Joseph of Great Smith. Price. Yeah, Pearl of Great Price, the Doctrine of uh, of Covenants, I believe. Um, and it's just it's a New Testament that's supposed to be in addition to the Gospels. I I'm a little weary of the history of where that book came from and how it was written because I know the story behind it. I don't believe it. So did that's you see just the South Park episode. I did, and it was brilliant because <laughs> that's dum, exactly dum, dum. that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> and the funny thing is, the church doesn't hide any of this stuff. If you if you're a Mormon, you can go to the temple in Salt Lake. You can go to the archive. It's not like the Vatican where it's sealed up. They will show you all the information they have. This this information is out there, and people still flock to the church. And mm -hmm. part of me is like, you know what? It's all good because every Mormon I've met has been the nicest person in the world. See, they did another yeah. South Park episode where a Mormon kid came to town and all the kids were having a really hard time accepting it. But at the end of the episode, the kid was like, you've spent so much time focused on what I believe that, you know, you didn't realize that I was just trying to be your friend. 
Yeah. And I was like, that's a great message too, because it's yeah. like at the end of the day, does it really matter if he believes that he gets a planet when he dies? And, you know, I, I don't know what Mormons believe. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I absolutely think yeah, right. I, I think that the, the way people behave and the way they treat people, I think that that matters. And yeah, the, most Christians and the, I have met a few Mormons. I have not met Mitt Romney yet. Maybe one day. <laughs> But have been just very kind and, and good people, and I, I ultimately I don't know what happens a, after we die. I have what I would like to believe. I would like to believe we're reunited with um, our loved ones and and friends and and um, our dogs and cats. And, and uh, but I just I have a hard time believing that it's about picking the right one, you know, yeah. that if you live yeah. a good life and you're a kind person and you happen to choose the wrong one, that you're going to be damned to a hell or, or whatever for eternity. And I, I, I could be wrong, but I just have a hard time believing that. I think it's about the, the morals and, and living your best life and attempting to, to better yourself because we all struggle. So, you know, we all struggle at times. And yeah. In October, in, in October, we're actually talking to a guy who wrote a book called Rethinking Hell. And he's got a sort of different perspective on this um, that I think is actually a lot more biblical um, yeah. from, from what I've been learning. That's yeah, we're excited title. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, cool. you know, in a nutshell, not to like give too much what and I'm sure the episode will be way more detailed than this, but it's like evil is what goes to hell. Um, there's mm -hmm. nothing about God or Jesus that makes any sense to me that he would burn your neighbors in a hellfire pit for eternity yeah. because, oh, you picked the wrong one. Yeah. Like that just doesn't compute for me. Same here. I have a hard yeah. time thinking, believing that there is a hell. Some people would argue that where we're at right now is hell. Yeah. This, this realm we're in or yeah. whatever. But um, yeah, God is God for to send people to the fiery pit, like you said, for the rest of eternity, just for, I don't know. Yeah, doing something wrong, it doesn't seem right. I think that, and and you know, I'm not the best example of knowing Christian theology, but forgiveness is a huge part of it. Forgiveness mm -hmm. would be a quality of God, yeah, and so true. why would he why would he want to send you to that unless you were pure evil? You know, I mean, yes. like right. to me, that makes sense. Pure evil should go to hell. That's right. apparently they they enjoy it there, but. Yeah. Um, forgiveness is so big that I think if you choose the wrong religion or you choose the wrong, you know, faith, God's going to forgive you if your heart was pure and all you tried to do here was spread love because that's what he does. Yeah, exactly. yeah absolutely. This is none of, yeah. none of that sounds like Jesus to me, you know? Yeah. And I think that uh, one of the big points that will be made by Chris when we talk to him um, is going to be the fact that eternal life is the gift. So the soul mm -hmm. itself um, yeah. It's actually a Greek idea that the soul is inherently immortal, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not a Christian or uh, Jewish idea, but that it kind of grew into the church because of location and philosophy at that point. Um, and that when, you know, Jesus says, um, <clears throat> you know, the gift of God is eternal life, that, mm -hmm. that, that it is a gift, a gift you have to accept, a yes. gift that so you choose either to continue on with God or you cease to exist. Uh, I don't know how that ceasing of existing will work, but I do. I absolutely do believe you have a choice and then it's all based on free will. That's true. I love this yeah. subject. It's so fascinating. 
I do too. <laughs> so I take it. I take it you guys don't believe in reincarnation. No. Well, I do. I, in, I think you asked me this before. I do, insofar <laughs> as the fact that I will be back in my body at the at end. the at the end. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. I will. I will be resurrected into my body. Yeah. It'll just. Be I do perfect, think that there. I'll have, I'll have abs. <laughs> It'll be nice. There are some weird <laughs> and interesting stories where children will tell their parents about memories that they have that don't belong to them. Um, a lot of times, or at least some of the times, those memories can be connected to people who uh, died or had tragic deaths. So I don't, I don't know exactly how like essences and energies work fully. You know, I don't think we can know that. But I think that there's something about um, traumatic death that leaves mm -hmm. an imprint, sure. and that children are very sensitive to like. I talked about at the very beginning of the episode, we talked about the veil and that during certain points of the year, the veil between the physical world and the spiritual world is a little bit thinner. Mm -hmm. And that children, because they've just emerged from the ether, you know, they're more sensitive to these things. So I don't necessarily know it's that they're they're reincarnated, they're the reincarnation of this person's spirit, but maybe that there's something about that energy, that traumatic death that kind of got like an imprinted into mm -hmm. the um, whatever the energy essence thing is. And then um, I heard a fascinating thing from Jordan Peterson today. He was talking about how blind people still perceive facial expressions. Huh. And I didn't entirely wow. understand what he was saying, but even though you're blind, you still have eyes. Those eyes are still taking in input from the world around you. And huh. so there are perceivables that happen mm -hmm. that go beyond just what you see. And so our bodies are perceiving in ways that we don't fully understand because we only have this like physical reality to kind of toy around with that we can understand mm -hmm. in very three-dimensional, linear time, mm -hmm. all of those things. But that's just what we perceive. That's what we can perceive. But if blind people perceive facial expressions, even though they can't see, that is an interesting thought to say totally. the least. It's, it's like Daredevil. Yeah. Um, if you've seen the comic, <laughs> read the comic book Daredevil, he yep. can see, but he can't see like us. He just sees differently because he, he's blind now. But the way he perceives the world, it's like he sees hmm. better. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, all the other senses, they, they do get heightened when you lose one. At least that's, that's what the science says. But I, I think that like, I think that we're so limited in, in what our perceptions could be based mm -hmm. on just the environment that we live mm -hmm. in. Because, you know, we weren't designed to live in this type of environment. We're constantly adjusting to it and it's surviving based on the way we are able to adjust to this kind of technological society. But like I, like, like I have this dream of one day just being like, I, I just want to be able to separate from all the screens and all the technology, my phone, not look at my phone every five freaking seconds one day <laughs> and just be able to go outside and be Zen with the world and just to perceive all the, let all of my senses take over and just be affected by nature and the reality around us. I think that is what we have lost with the technology, technological advancements. And while technology is good in certain ways, and it's definitely got its, it's uh, ba bad side as well with uh, the way it can control us. Um, our disconnect from nature, I think, has dulled our senses and dulled. I think we're so capable of so much more if oh, yes. we can get in touch with ourselves and with the natural world. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you, man. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same here. So we are 
creeping up towards the magical hour of two hours worth of show. So we should probably start doing some wrap up. I don't want to, I could talk forever, uh, <laughs> but for the sake of people who listen and aren't looking at beautiful people, we should probably give them some sort of reprieve in that way. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, let's see. What do I want to ask this time? Uh, well, first, I'll, this will be easy. I'm supposed to get a new tattoo next month. <laughs> and I I was thinking I would do a tree beard or something like that because I really resonate with the, the concept of uh, I'm on no one's side because no one's on my side and the kind of, um, not that, but in, in so far as keeping to myself and not putting my myself into others' self-caused messes, stuff like that, like being there to help when it matters. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sold. I'm not sold. So any suggestions on my next tattoo? Let's see. It's going to go on this arm, probably like right here. Uh, I'm thinking like a, a low-key, but like cross-dresser. A sexy non-binary horse Loki. That's what I'm thinking. I would like love to see what product came from that. Yeah, you said just give me a sexy non-binary Loki. You take over. Just let his artistic you know, <laughs> yeah. ability. <do> that. <laughs> That's what came to my mind. There, there was this uh, <laughs> statue that they just I saw the post on Twitter that was like a, a statue to 300 deaths of like some agrarian group of people in Italy, and it's literally like a sexy woman sauntering away with like the most perfect butt you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and the, they had this opening ceremony of all these like dignitaries there. And only in Italy could you have a wonderful, sexy statue like that. So if you could do the Loki with just like that butt, <laughs> but then like the rest could be him. That would be nice. Excellent. I'm not sold. I think we've got it. We nailed it already. What do we continue? You got the answer. It has to be Loki with Brad's face though. Yeah, yeah to be. It's got to be me. So, uh, I, I, I in, think in a black tank top. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I'm glad I. I'm glad I saw that you were wearing the black tank top. I almost. <laughs> it would have really let you down. I didn't want to do that. <laughs> so you, you you put. I mean, question. So what? You think about uh, like how long would you say you consider like before you put, get a tattoo? You, it seems like you have a. A thought process and you like to get ones that have meaning for you for you know for the rest of your life instead of kind of like like the one time i was in chicago when i lived in chicago and was really drunk at 4 a.m i was like i'm gonna get a tattoo of georgia so i remember home you know thank god <laughs> the tattoo parlor was closed right have an idiotic <laughs> tattoo of the state of georgia on my shoulder right now um you seem to have meaningful tattoos and so i, I would you are from my experiences you're uh you're very helpful you uh you're kind and you um you have passion for what you do and you like to have fun so hmm, i'm trying i'm just trying to brainstorm here of the themes of cam the cam that i have come to know <laughs> and what tattoo might represent that um get a heart on your ass <laughs> yeah and put brad on it <laughs> watch me actually get that <laughs> that would be great oh my gosh you should you should totally get that no i get you a tattoo mom but instead i got brad on my ass in a heart <laughs> uh, you know i want to get back to you in that because I, I do have i do have ideas about that because uh, you do i like your tattoos because they're meaningful you have a story behind them and you know i don't know 
Do you, do you guys have tattoos? I have one on my right calf and I got it for my birthday. It was on a Friday the 13th. This was like 2019 before Kobe even hit. And I was Friday the 13th on my birthday. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that comes around like every so so many years, you know? So I was like, I need to get a tattoo. Um, it's just a little cactus with um, little 13s on on it. It's pretty cute. Did it cost $13 <laughs> with a $7 tip? It, I don't know. I don't know. Buffalo I mean, paid for it. Yeah, I gave the guy a good tip because he made it look really cute. So I like oh, it. Nice. I don't, <laughs> That's I don't have any tattoos, tip. but I would I would probably be down to get a tattoo if they, they weren't so like COVID positive at tattoo parlors. Yeah, like I want more, but now it's, it's really difficult to find a parlor that's just like, you don't have to wear a mask. We're good. So yeah, so, yeah so Friday the 13th like is a tattoo holiday. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times what they'll do is they'll create some flash, like mine's a little skull and crossbones and the eyes are a 13 mm -hmm. and it's, uh, they typically make a little flash and you get a $13 tattoo and you pay a $7 tip. So it costs you $20 to get a tattoo. <laughs> and so I wanted to have that and it's just hanging out there. Back of my <laughs> arm has been forever. I forget it exists often. <laughs> Jessica cool. just has has her um, Twitter handle, but just right above her Twitter <laughs> end. It's a tramp stamp. On the, on the, on the tramp stamp, yeah. Got my Twitter handle back there, but since my Twitter handle has changed, I've had to cross it out and then write the new one. <laughs> I'm always so impressed about how much shit you guys can stir up on Twitter. You guys are very good at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it's impressive. I love it. People get yeah. so angry for the most innocuous like comments and observations. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Cam, that tweet you did yesterday with that Hillary. Oh yes. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that kills me. That, Brad, I'll have to. I'll have to send it to you. <laughs> so <laughs> if I get to original memers, right? Weren't you like an original memer? Not or memer or what was? What's it? What are they oh, called? Yeah. Meme lord. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was in the great meme wars and. <laughs> and 2016 back in aught whenever oh. i fought the great meme war yeah back back when uh paul reifsteck and uh ryan and me and several others were in shit posting groups and <laughs> memes and all sorts of different things yeah it's i'm i'm it's so funny i was i made a meme for some someone was like hey could you put this head on this body and you know i just sent it back to him i think it was like two or three minutes worth of time that I took to do it. And he was like, wow, this is really clean. D did you already have this somehow? And I was like, no, I just made it. Like, what what program did you use? I do it on my phone. I've been doing this since, I've been doing this for years. I just do it and it doesn't take me long. And so it was just so funny because they were like, wait, are you like an original memer? I guess. So I have an idea for your tattoo, Cam. Okay. I think you should just get a single picked clean chicken bone. <laughs> right. To remember my time in Georgia. I to remember know. your time in Georgia. No, but um, actually um, what I was thinking was you would get a Care Bear, but on <laughs> belly, it would be a tumbler of whiskey. What I should do is, but I should, uh, I, I, you know, it'd be my good idea. Nice. Let's get a, a Care right? Bear and on he's all my like, belly. Yeah. Like on my belly. <laughs> Like yeah. lined up with belly your belly button? button. My no. belly button. That's amazing. You should no. totally do that. No. Uh, uh, that's hilarious. Jiggle it. That's like, that's that's like, so those, that's that's like so those people that get the cat tattoos 
and it's like they use their belly the button butt. as the as the butthole. Oh my god! I can't. That is just so sexy. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I, so, yeah, I wonder, no. being a tattoo artist, the request you must get that would be kind of you know I, I'm thinking equating that with uh, being a priest when you confessional. Just the things people must tell you have have to be just crazy. Well, my yeah. my tattoo artist uh, back in Alabama, I asked him what was the weirdest one that he got and he said that a guy had come in and he wanted a crotch tattoo <laughs> and so what he had done he came in and he had he had taken his clippers and he'd shaved a strip out of the out of his pubic hair and he was like i need you to draw a little stick man with a a lawnmower right there <laughs> And he That's was like, crazy. that was probably the weirdest one I've seen. <laughs> had to go up have, have all guys guy's seen, crotch. Not to prolong everything. I know you were trying to get out of here, uh, but have long. you guys seen The Final <laughs> Member on Netflix? It was on Netflix. I think it's still on there. It's called The Final Member. No. Uh -huh. Well, wh about what it's Jeffrey about, it, it should, yeah, it could be about Jeffrey Tubman, but <laughs> it's a documentary about there's a penis museum. I think it's in Norway or something like that yes. or Switzerland. And oh, okay. the idea of the museum is they're trying to get a penis of every single organism that exists or huh. species that exists. Mm -hmm. And they put huh. them in a little case and there's one case in the middle of the museum that they have yet to fill. And that is the human penis. And the documentary follows a couple of people who are possible donors to this case. And one of them <laughs> is an old man who when he dies the idea is like yeah hey, i died you cut my dick off you put it in the museum whatever <laughs> you know and then yeah i just say like, i don't need it anymore and then, but the other but this guy that guy is not from america right so the other guy is a hardcore it's like it's like every trump supporter that they put on tv who's just like oh god i got my red i go trump just like, the biggest redneck person who is just the uh, the most insane person you've ever met and he he is bound and determined to make sure the dick that goes in that case is an American dick. So he wants his <laughs> dick to be there. So he, he's wanting to just, you know, slice his you right off. While you right. Yeah. <laughs> and so so uh, he's getting a tattoo at one point. And while he's getting a tattoo, he's like talking to the tattoo artist and, and, and he's getting a tattoo around his crotch, you know, because he's oh going to be gone. So he's got to have something there, I guess. And, and, and he's going, you know, that's going to be in the museum one day. Uh-huh. Talking about his dick. Like <laughs> talking to the tattoo artist about his dick's gonna get cut off and be put in a museum. It's you should if you have some time to watch something really stupid but also kind of funny, <laughs> watch the final member. I've got um, that's a pretty it might be on YouTube. That, that is point. a great title. The final member. Yeah, it's a great title. <laughs> totally. I find it impossible to believe that there is not a preserved penis available. Yeah, Fauci students. has all of them though. Fauci won't let his hands off of them. They should just ask one of the Clintons. I'm sure that has. <laughs> yeah, that's what cures COVID. Is <laughs> yeah. ground yeah. desiccated human penis? Right, so. I don't even know what's penis. in that vaccine. <laughs> oh my god! So many turns. We just lost YouTube. <laughs> you see, you have to ground up the human penis and you put it in the Pfizer vaccine, and it has the efficacy of 100. <laughs> percent it's actually 110. We're, we're never going to get monetized. <laughs> <clears throat> Worth it. <laughs> <laughs>
So before I ask the big question, um, one of the things when we went on your show, Buffalo and Legs, that was really refreshing, at least to me, was that most of the time, not everyone, this isn't a general statement of everyone except for you, but most of the time when you go on someone's show, they haven't listened to what you've done. They, uh-huh. they, they invite you on. They want a little of your clout. They want a little of your audience. But we went on your show and it was like, you actually listened to us. You knew, you knew our bits, you knew these different things. And it was like, wow, this is insane. I feel appreciated. And so one, (laughs) thank you for doing that. But two, (laughs) that means I can ask you this question, which is what is your favorite thing about Jessica? Oh, <laughs> I love that reaction Jessica gives every time you ask that question. <laughs> My favorite thing about Jessica, I love how just when you're watching your show and, <laughs> and someone's talking, she's just like so into the conversation mm-hmm. and genuinely wants to hear what people have to say. And I, I love that and I appreciate that. And I also appreciate your tweets. <laughs> there's some, there's some kind, there's some funny ones out there. There's some ones that you just stick it to people that are being dumb. And uh, I appreciate that. But you see, I know we don't know each other, like in, we haven't met in real life, but you, you seem like a very genuine, kind person, very knowledgeable. You're not afraid to push boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not afraid to question things. And I appreciate that. We need more women like you. That's Thank like. you. That's, that's, <laughs> that's really awesome. nice. Thank you. I agree with everything she said, but I, I also, I love that you're radically honest, you're inquisitive. And I, I love um, just the, the inner light that you bring to the show not to say cam you don't bring inner light you yes. bring you bring tons of inner light darkness i love, <laughs> I love, I love your, your darkness and your light but i think that you provide such a balance to everything and um just your beauty inside and out i really appreciate it that's so nice you guys thank really you it's really yeah. sweet i feel so like i have the same question like- i you, yeah, go for it. Uh, I, I, I have, I have, uh, I've addressed this question before, but there's a lot of great things about about Jessica, and I was thinking about this because I, I saw some of your tweets and just listening to you talk when you were talking about you used to be an atheist and your your kind of your journey towards uh, um, your your transformation, and um, before you were tweeting about how you used to smoke a lot of marijuana and, and oh, yeah. your 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 journey, you know. Uh, you didn't want to do that anymore. And so you kind of transform. You're not afraid to put yourself out there and to showcase yeah. your journey of change. And I think that is so important Yes, because it's very hard to do that. And most people are unwilling to do that yet. Most people need to see others doing that so that they can be inspired <laughs> to do it themselves. Yeah. And yeah. I think that oh you do God. a fantastic Blair. job of that. And it's very, it's, <laughs> awesome. it is. it's great. It's brave and, and it's helpful. Thank you. Yeah, I, your authenticity is is key. Yeah, yes. and and your sassiness. <laughs> so also, yeah, I am a sassy broad. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Another fun thing is that you were both patrons of the Propaganda Report. I know this because I would post things when Brad wasn't around. 
Uh, so <laughs> I'm just going to say, what's your, your guys favorite thing about Brad? Let's make it a love fest. Oh, yes. I love this. I, I love, love this. this. Oh my gosh. I love, I love when, <laughs> when Brad says things that make Monica cringe. <laughs> oh my gosh. You'll like push yeah. the limits and I'm always like, oh, come on, keep going, keep going. And, yeah. and I can just, I can just picture Monica just sitting there like, oh my God, what is, stop saying those things, you know? <laughs> I love, I love that. I love that you push those buttons. I love that your investigation, I really appreciate. Yeah. It just, uh, just, you know, same with Monica. I appreciate the way she investigates things. I appreciate your perspectives and the way that you bring um, the way that like all this kind of new world order stuff is happening around us, the the inside that you bring in terms of like how the dots are connected, I really appreciate that as well. And you put a little comedic spin on yes, it. Yes, and comedy. I which love Which is great. Thank you. Yeah. That's very sweet. I'm, I, <laughs> thank you. That's awesome. I love pushing Monica's buttons sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think my one of my favorite things about Monica was the first time I did the show when you were gone. And she was like, she she didn't know what I would bring to this specific table. And I said something, and her look of was like, Gone? yeah, yeah, she was very like animated, so excited, yeah. right? Yeah, it's great, it's awesome. Yeah, that's how I kind of we Facetime when we do the show and when we film the Rockfin videos. But that's how I know when I'm like onto something to keep further. She just gets, she just totally lights up. Like, <laughs> that spark of lightning. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so Cam what I love to love me now. <laughs> oh, let me tell well, let me tell what I love about Binkley first though. Binkley is home folk. And mm. I have known Binkley since back in the day day. So that's <laughs> how long you know it's been. Nice. And um you have been making me laugh for like 20 years. <laughs> nice. So I like really appreciate you for just being that source of light in my life when i ran into you through like i knew you before i thought you were funny as hell at relapse <laughs> and then i ran into you at, uh in the podcasting world and i was just like yes i was so like, excited too yes yeah. i was i was overjoyed to to run into you in in this world because it's like you know you, we meet so many great people out here who are on the same level but to meet somebody that you knew in real life who's mm. like clued in who gets it yeah. it gives me so much hope that i am not an island that mm. there are people actually around me who come from where i come from yeah. who have figured it out and that is a huge white pill for me so thank you. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, I was so excited too when we yeah. um, connected through podcasts. It's great. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll do it then for Brad. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound so much more superficial, but <laughs> you yes and you're a yes and guy. Mm -hmm. And so like I we're yes both and. in this yeah. level of I throw something out there, you bolster it, we push it up and we're able to bounce off of each other really well. I think yes. I get to play straight man at times. You get to play straight man at times. It's just a good mix. Obviously. And, <laughs> but I think I, I think it's good. And I, I appreciate anyone who's uh, like one of the things that. Oh, your mic died, man. Oh, I thought he was just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was thinking too. <laughs> Is he not thinking? Cam, can't hear, hear you. Yeah, we no, can't you can't do this to me again. You showed me where the buttons were, but I don't remember. 
you know, still still can't hear you. Uh-oh. Well, I'll, Uh-oh. I'll, I'll say what I love shine. about uh, Cam while he's trying to figure out his audio. You're gonna you're gonna do this. I believe. <laughs> yeah, you. do it, Brad. Cam, uh, getting to to work with Cam uh, on y'all show and when he is filled in for Monica, it was um it was it was it was nice. It it was you got a great personality and, and you are very. You have <laughs> fun with it. You're okay having fun with it. And I think in this community, it, it can be easy. You're talking about the white pill, Jessica. I, I don't. I don't like the black pill. There's a lot of black pill people, and I just can't uh-huh. deal with that because it's worthless to me. I, I, yeah. I get. I understand what people are saying, and I understand uh, looking at things a certain way and I, what they're saying and how they're feeling. But to me, hopelessness is a useless emotion. And uh, uh, Cam is never hopeless. Cam is always willing to be open-minded and you you're willing to have fun too you have a good sense of humor i love yes. your sense of humor yes yes you hear me you are great yes together. yes we can hear okay. you all right well, what you said was essentially what i was going to say about you so it was kind of the same thing which is like because i strive yeah, that's to... why i had you muted i really strive to um see the darkness talk about the darkness but bring the light out of it and I feel like you do the exact same thing. And so I, I, I love doing the show with Monica for one reason. And when I do it with you, I love it for a completely different reason. And I always love when you come on here. But it's just, it's like finding a brother in the most unusual circumstance. Yeah, it really is. I love that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay together, yeah. yeah. We'll move in together. Remember you made the joke, we're getting in a place together, Cam and I? <laughs> I do remember that. I don't remember what the surrounding context was. I've watched I watched that show. That. <laughs> um, yeah, <that'd> be <laughs> so it since Brad did it and y'all have watched our show, what's your favorite thing about me? Let's start Kevin you go. <laughs> I have a lot of favorite things about you, Cam. Okay, then I'll I'll just I'll go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Cam, I know I've probably mentioned this before, your voice is very soothing. And so the first time I heard you on Prop Report, um, before I started watching Mad Ones, um, I was I had this picture of you, you know, soft, soothing voice. And then when I finally saw what you actually look like, I was like, what? That voice is coming out of that guy? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, but I love your soothing voice. I love your kind nature, your tattoos. Um, your love for family and your passion for your beliefs. Um, I, I appreciate all those things. And that's what makes you, you. And also your whiskey collection in the background. Mm-hmm. I, I like that too. Isn't it pretty? That's it's it's, work it's really it. pretty. It's <laughs> I mean, your apple juice, I'm sorry. Yes, apple juice. Yes, apple juice. <laughs> Just bottles of sweet tea, mom. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I love your I love your kind heart, Cam. I love that um, when we first connected, you were so open and and you were just generous with your time. And I I appreciate your your wittiness on Twitter, especially. Yes, yes. It's very reminiscent of Malice, which I know we're both fans of. And um, I appreciate your your snarkiness because <laughs> I know it comes from a place of love. And, because yeah. I know you, and I and I know that you're a loving person and you see the world in a very beautiful way. And I really, I really enjoy hearing about your beliefs. And I really love to, like, I, f- I feel like I feel your faith through the screen. 
And it's a beautiful thing because when we're both experiencing, you know, God, I think it's a wonderful thing. So to me, I'm really glad that we connected because it's like, oh, that's something, that's someone I can talk to about this stuff now, you know, (laughs) not that I don't talk to her about it, but yeah. Yeah. I get you. (laughs) No, that's, that's good. I agree. Yeah. I want, thank you. Awesome. Yeah. I we talked. We talked about that. We gave y'all, you guys. We talked about you guys on the show the other day, if I recall. Uh, Monica um, had a shout out for y'all, and she was, was telling us about y'all's podcast. I remember that was because uh, I, I remember the idea was so great. I was like, I love the the premise. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. For sure. You know, yeah, um, snuck that in. Monica used to be on the radio uh, when we were kids. When we were like teenagers in Atlanta, Monica was on the radio. And so the first time I did a podcast with Monica, I told I told my aunt about it, who's basically my mom, because I was really impressed with the fact that I was going to be on a show with Monica <laughs> Perez. And she told everyone she knew that I was going to be on the radio with Monica Perez. And I'm like, no, no, on YouTube, it's a completely different thing. I'm not going to be on the radio. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, So yeah, I was, I was pretty starstruck the first time. I got to be, and then Monica is so personable and real. And like, I just really got to like appreciate her friendship and appreciate her reality. She's great. Like I'll talk to Monica for hours. We don't have to record. I just want to talk to Monica. Well, yeah. And and that's what was funny is like, I had Monica on the show and we met because she liked my red pills. And, Mm -hmm. and then I was like, I should invite Monica and Brad. And then I was like, actually, no let's just invite Brad. I just want to talk to Brad. And I'm so glad I did that. Not that I don't want Monica here next to you, but I just love that. It's not just a, the coupling. It's mm-hmm. just yeah. you. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Monica, if you ever get a chance to, I know she's not in, in Georgia. Uh, where are you guys looking? You guys aren't located in Georgia either. Right. You guys, are, I, know, I know Jessica, you're in Georgia and you're in Florida, Cam. Right. And no, you guys- we're, we're in Southern California, but we're going up to Idaho. Oh, okay. Wow. So if you ever get a chance to, I know Monica, she'll do a meetup every now and then um, out in California. Um, that if you get a chance to go to one and hang out, well, she's a lot of fun to uh, hang out with. Cool. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, hopefully she does one soon before we head out. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're fixing a jet soon. <laughs> yeah, it, I would get out of California. Godspeed, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> And I don't want to rob you of the the final most important question because oh, no. uh, it's time for that. Oh, um, no. <laughs> so as you may know, we live in a dark time filled with people who are very depressed, people who are going through some deep, dark stuff, and we need every little bit of hope that we can hold on to that can motivate us into the future. We can create beautiful things because we need to create. It's in our nature. It's what we were. That's our ideal. It's what yes. we were created for. So, what is something that it can be global, local, nationwide, personal? What is giving you hope right now that keeps you going on that you could share with our audience? Let's see. Love is real. That gives me hope. God is real. That gives me hope. I do feel like the tide is turning in terms of what's going on in the world. I mean, you have these companies just trying to censor everything. So in a way, we're kind of winning the information war. Um, overall, I my, my personal thing is love. And as long as you have that in your life, in your heart, 
and you're spreading it, it will prevail and we will win. Yeah. That's, that's um, what I hold on to. Let me just interject. Um, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and anyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Hmm. So beloved, let us love one another. Yeah, that's John four, seven and eight. If, if you want to look it up, basketball player said at the end <laughs> of his, down. at the end of his spiel, not spiel, but when he was giving his reason for not getting vaccinated, he said something like he ended it by saying it, loving other people is not about what color their skin is or about what their beliefs are on certain issues. It's about loving them. It was a, it was a great, great message. And to see somebody with such a platform say something like that, it was, yeah. it was great. Um, what, what gives me hope is uh, I just, pe the people that I know personally that I talk to, regardless of what their political beliefs are, they're good. They're good people and they're, they're kind. And if uh, I was in a bind and I ne I needed help and they would be there in a second. I, I remember years ago, actually fracturing my hip. Um, oh. I was uh, uh, actually being a big idiot and fractured my hip and ended up in the hospital for a little while. A whole bunch of my friends just came up to the hospital and a bunch of my friends from relapse and probably all of them disagree with me politically, but they, they, they were all there joking around with me, you know, making me laugh and stuff. It, it, when it comes down to it, the politics and all this shit they do on, on the news, it, the, the purpose is to divide us and they try to make us think that we're tearing each other apart through the social media yeah. images and all that. But I don't think that's real. I, I think yeah. that what's real is that the people that we know and the people we interact with, if we don't let that poison things and most people don't, mm -hmm. or most people are good people and they have yeah. good hearts and they, they, you know, they want to, um, they just want to do their thing and live their life. And, uh, I, I believe in people's and that's what kind of white pills me. Here, here. That's so love true. It. I love um, the thing that I had that gives me hope is we don't, um, we don't really know this one family that's become a family friend of my parents in Idaho. Mm -hmm. They've been very helpful to my parents. My parents are down here in California now. And when she called my mom, my mom called to tell them we were moving up there. They were so happy that we were going up there and we've only known them maybe max like five days. Yeah since we went up and visited and met them once and they were excited to see us. And to me, it's that, that connection, as long as we keep spreading that connection where we want to be with each other, that's, mm -hmm. that's holy in itself. Yeah. And I want, I, that's my white pill. That's my white pill right there. It's great. Yeah. Positive, positive vibes are infectious. Yeah. Yep. The yeah. news only wants to show you the negative stories. Yeah. So you don't see that people can be so good and they are so good to each other and you don't hear about it because it's not what sells newspapers or you know airtime or ad time or whatever but by and large people are being so excellent to each other yes. and you know none of the they say none of the propaganda would be necessary if if we weren't winning yes. and we are we're winning and um won. I think St. Paisios was the one who said it, that so much about this world would drive me mad if I didn't know that in the end, God would triumph. Yes. So I always get goosebumps yeah. when I come on your show. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> this is really Well, that's fun. what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is one of those things that had, there was a, there was a big shift in our show and it was a very deliberate shift 
and it was one that was pressed on my heart and I was punched in the stomach because I realized I had been doing things wrong. Mm. And um, some, some fruit from that shift has already started coming in. Mm. And I've never felt, I've, I felt fulfilled in some ways before, but I've never felt more fulfilled than I do right now Mm. doing this show. So I'm very happy with that. Um, That's a white pill for me. Um, But it's been two hours and 30 minutes. If anyone made (laughs) it this far, I owe you you a soda (laughs) or something. Um, But I should let you know where to find these wonderful people um, and then go through our, our whole deal. Um, which y'all can hang out in here for that, or I can take you out and you can not be in here up to you. Um, but if you'd like to find Buffalo and legs, first off, if you want to talk to them, they're on Twitter. I'm sure they're on Instagram too. I know they are because they tagged me today and I mm-hmm. barely use Instagram. <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I, I, is it the same? It's the uh, same handle. handle? As, uh, yeah. Good. Same handle. Good. Uh, so if you want to follow them on Twitter or Instagram at FRC pod, if you'd like to listen to their very soothing voices uh, <laughs> on on their podcast, they are on falserealitycheck.com. I, you're on all the podcasting platforms as well, correct? Yes. yes. And also, I love that name, by thing. the way. It's a great name. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. You. You, I can't believe you got that the URL. That's so that's so incredible. I had to um, buy it right away. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also, they are on Rockfin. We are on Rockfin. Brad and Monica are on Rockfin. So if you want to get all of our our uh, content and special content, you can do it in one place with one subscription for $9.99 a month, and you get you get extra stuff that other people don't get. So consider doing that for them. You can use my link, though. With YouTube censored, you. that's where you need to go. That's right. yeah. mm-hmm. Yep. Um, if you want to find Brad... Uh, if you want to talk to him, he will talk back very rarely, <laughs> and you have to say something. Like, it has to be a banging tweet if you get a response. But he is on Twitter uh, at Freedom Act Radio, um, yes. and you can listen to the Prop Report, the Propaganda Report on thepropreport.com. They are on all the uh, platforms. They're on Patre- Patreon if you want to get their special sauce. Um, rock thin where else is there anything else or is that it i think that that's well the propport.com is our website did you say that i think that that is it and what i do on twitter is like i so we do the show daily and um then i i i'll i'll edit it then put it up and stuff and by the time I'm done. I'm just like, I got to get away from the screen. I'll put my phone down too. And I'll walk my dog or I'll just, I'll go outside. Just I, I'll go crazy. But what, so I'll tend to kind of like, there'll be a while that I don't respond or say to much, but then there'll be like a flurry of like a week where I just try to respond to everything I've missed for like the past month. So that, that's kind of my, my habit of uh, responsiveness on social media. Yeah. Well, I'm just Happy. glad we, we, we spoke and we got you on here today because I didn't know if it was going to happen and I wanted it to be a surprise and I'm <laughs> going to have to change my titles so that it shows your name. Um, <laughs> but other than that, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you for, I mean, you know it's a good show when we get to two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise we wouldn't be here. It would be, an, it, this would have ended an hour ago. So thank you for coming on and having a genuine conversation with us. But now we get to talk about our stuff. Spooky month starts next week. 
First up on the docket is Jack Luna. He has a show called Dark Topic. It is, Ooh. I don't really listen to uh, a lot of true crime anymore, but he impressed me with his storytelling ability when he did true crime podcasts. He still does. So I'm going to have to listen to a bunch this week just to get my brain back, mm -hmm. back in on that train. We'll talk to him next week. Then we have Cody Cook and our friend Ryan Burgett from Technoagorist coming on, and we're going to talk nice. about the... Um, the council of god we're gonna mm. we're, we called it the interdimensional beings chat but it's going to be talking <laughs> about kind of the hierarchy of spiritual beings and how they've affected the world how they currently mm. affect the world different stuff like that That's then cool. following that your buddies yeah. the occult rejects are coming on yeah. they they uh were both about a that. part of um secret satanic societies and got out of it and we're going to talk about what the hell yeah. that's about awesome. so that'll be fun and then adding, like we talked about earlier, we're going to have Chris Date from Th Rethinking Hell on the show. And we're going to talk about what uh, the the preferred term is conditional immorality. Immortality, not immorality. We're going to talk about hell. But other than that, here's how you can find us. If you want to find me on Twitter at Cam Harless, Jessica is at Soup Canarchist. <laughs> uh, like I said before, if you want good coffee, rymcoffee.com. Use promo code the Mad Ones. If you like beef jerky, uh, righteousfelon.com. Promo code Mad Ones. Uh, like we said, we're also on Rockfin, Patreon.com/slash the Mad Ones. I've started loading in our backlog, and I created an RSS feed on there so that you can listen nice. to all of our old episodes nice. from there. Nice. Um, I'm also working on how we're going to offer some different exclusives and perks in there as well. Where trying to make things make more sense and kind of cover more of the costs of the show because as life ebbs and flows, things get tougher and easier and we just need a, a consistent base there. Um, yeah, making a podcast is very hard work. It, I, <laughs> it is. People who haven't uh, delved into it, I don't know, realize it is, it is, can be very, very challenging. The preparation, the editing, to get, get everything up. It does require a lot of hard work. And I know you yeah. guys put in tons of work with everything y'all do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it, there's a lot of creativity. I, I love every week. Uh, Jessica gets ready at some point for me to send her different pictures that I'm going to use to make the art, and then a <laughs> list of of titles. It's usually about seven different titles, and then she picks oh, the one she likes the best. Wow. <laughs> some of them are like I really like, but she's right; it won't give the information mm -hmm. that's needed. Yeah. But it's like, oh man, They're I very really love that one. They're really poetic, but I don't think that the casual scroller through YouTube will get the sense of what the episode is actually about, mm -hmm. even though it's, they're very creative. I hate to, I hate to cast them <laughs> off. You're balancing, you're balancing the creativity with some, yeah. with practicalness. <laughs> also, speaking of creativity, if you would like a shirt with mine and Jessica's face on it, like uh, Buffalo here is wearing, or if you want a tank, a black tank top that says the name of the show or a t-shirt or a hoodie, <laughs> any of that, we're the madones.com slash store. Um, we're on YouTube. If you're listening, you can watch this instead. Uh, YouTube.com slash the mad ones. And we're also on Odyssey. So Odyssey's great because it's on the blockchain. It backs up every single episode we do. We can't be canceled. So even mm -hmm. if Rockfin decided we said some stuff, I don't think they will, but if they decided, oh, you said some stuff that was too far, it's still going to be on Odyssey and on the library blockchain. So... Mm -hmm. You can check us out there. Other than that, check out any of the other shows that me or Ryan edit at mlganetwork.com. That's all I've got for you. All the plugs. Anything you want to say to this 
uh, tired audience before you go pee, <laughs> Jessica. I have to pee. <laughs> Let it go, Every girl. Time. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> and so I will let uh, Brad give the parting words, and you'll see our see and hear our outro. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for having us all on. This has been a lot of fun. I, I've enjoyed my entire time here. I need to take this thing off my head and start <laughs> to work on removing the mark. But um, you guys do a great show. Check out the Mad Ones. And we'll talk to you next time. What's y'all's website? We are the mad ones.com. I know you we're the mad ones.com, but what is uh what what website y'all? I know I'm trying to remember it off false the top reality of my head. check dot com. False reality check dot com and mad ones.com. Check it out. Thank you guys. Peace. <laughs>